can tell me now. <laughs> okay. <all right. laughs> okay. So like I said, um, it's like my football team, man. I'm faithful. So I first started using, I started off using Android. So I stick to Androids. Have I started you never off used an iPhone at all? I tried using an iPhone, but I don't, I just, the, the, the middle button fucks me up. The middle button. Oh, they're gone oh, now. the home. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. You don't know the one that used to be like right here? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all screen now. Well, I mean, like, the, my phone's got something like it, but it's it's not, you know, anyways. But, yeah, I'm just, I guess, faithful to Android, and every time I try to, like, if somebody hands me an iPhone and I'm trying to make a phone call, I'm like, what That's do you how do? I feel on Androids. What, what do you do? Because, like, that whole squiggly thing y'all do to open the phone up or whatever the fuck it is. Oh, it's a lock pattern, yeah. It's, yeah, a, it's a, lot, a lot easier for me to remember a pattern than a set of numbers. Mm. Just saying. I don't know. Like, they say they have good cameras. It, they did. And uh, most people, and I guess I would assume in the world, have Android over iPhone. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I looked up one time because we got into a heated argument, me and somebody else, about Android or iPhone. And I had a brand new iPhone time. This is not a brand new iPhone. This is a hand-me-down that I got because I broke my fucking uh, Samsung. It was a S10, I believe it was. And then it was what just, just came out. Mm-hmm. And the picture quality was excellent. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's kind of fucked for y'all because, like, when people see your pictures or videos on, like, say, Snapchat, that it's so many different versions of Android that mm-hmm. that's why it doesn't look good. Right. But on right. yours, I'm sure it looks fine. But to everybody like that has an iPhone, it looks jumbled. Right. I'm sure one day I'll get an iPhone. But for now, I'm stuck with what I'm stuck with. Let's start a GoFundMe it, for uh, Red to get an iPhone. I forgot the guy's I mean, name, but he was talking about it on um, – his podcast that iPhone almost has a monopoly now because they said, you know, Blackberry is dead. Um, well, it's been dead. There were two. Yeah. It was like, (laughs) and he said like, and he he asked the question, like on the, everybody, all his guests on the podcast, like does who has an iPhone? And everyone's like, well, all, you know, everybody did. And they were like, that's it. They, they're fixing to have a monopoly. It's an Indian guy or Middle Eastern guy that has the podcast. I forget his name, but like, he uh, is like, they're so close to monopolizing, and that's what the fear is, that they need to be a new competitor for Apple, and there's just not one. That's no way true. That's what he said. There's not. That's not. How is that possible? Um, let me look for it really fast. Um, I guarantee there's more Android users than iPhone users. I don't know. Just Google. That's what I'm doing. I also remember seeing uh, um, that Samsung phones have more memory. I believe it. I mean, you seem like you have more features. It seems like a lot of stuff that we have, y'all are like, we've already had that for like years. Well, kind of like the, was it the uh, space bar uh, cursor placement? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Androids didn't always have that. I want to say that some years ago. Um, didn't have Well, this is what he said, but what, what, the, what Google the Google say? says is that Android has 71% yeah, and no iOS way. has 28%. And there's no way. I knew that wasn't true. Well, he Maybe in it. that fucking room. Oh, okay. May- I don't know. I just, that's what I uh, saw. That's like saying there's predominantly there's brown people in this room compared to white people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a ginger. Okay. I'm yeah. not white. <laughs> <laughs> so did you get a lot of heat? Or like bullying for being a redhead kid? 100%. Really? For, for, for being a freakishly tall and skinny. Because like, I didn't really fill out until in my 20s. Like I was always tall and thin. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, my mom instilled upon me that if I ever got into a fight, 
I was going to get in trouble when I got home, whether I started the fight or not. So you might as well fight? I mean, I didn't fight. I would, I would literally like sit there and take a beating. And oh, so she's she, saying don't fight. Yeah, she said, she said, if I came home and she found out that I was in a fight, whether I started it or not, mm-hmm. I was in trouble. Wow, that's messed so up. So I'd like, I mean, I don't know. Uh, yeah, she's just trying to protect me or whatever. But uh, yeah, I'm definitely not that person anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so when did you start growing your height? Like how tall, oh, when did you realize you were taller than most kids? I've always been tall. Even when I was in like fourth and fifth grade, when we do class pictures, I was in the back of the group. Really? Yeah, 100%. Now, I remember one point uh, when I just moved to South Haven, one of my best friends growing up, he, uh, him and I were like kind of even on height for a while until he shot up like two inches over me. Mm-hmm. And then within a month, I like got six or eight inches over him. Wow. I, as, as a teenager, I went through two pan sizes in one summer. Jeez, man, yeah, that must no be joke. rough for your parents, man, like financially. Yeah, absolutely. When it comes to clothes and food and all that good stuff, like even now, I can't go just to Walmart and buy a pair of pants. That doesn't happen. So that's the stuff that I think a lot of people don't think about. You know, you only look at stuff from your POV. Mm-hmm. So no one, like on average, is like, oh, man, I can't just go to a regular store and find pants. Right. Like I'm sure I'll go walk, go to Walmart and get a whole outfit and it'll yeah. fit them just fine. I can't do that. How, what is your what is your length on your pants? Thirty eight. Thirty eight. I'm a thirty thirty. Yeah. Damn, that's a lot big well, difference. It's, 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 at the same time, it's not necessarily just the length; it's the combination. Oh, like, the like waist. The, the, yeah. Um, I think I'm currently either thirty six or thirty eight waist. But yeah, that combination of the 38, 38, that is so hard to find. You can go to even a big and tall store and it's hard to find. I've actually gone to a big and tall store and they had signs on the wall saying, Oh, if we can't fit you, it's free. Guess what? I got a free pair of pants that day. <laughs> Did they fit the, they didn't fit though. Yeah. No, they can't. They just had to show up. They had to order them. Oh. So do you have, has the internet changed the game though, as far as clothes for you? Like, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, I know. Like, but at the same time, it's more expensive, man. Mm. It's like for, Average pair of jeans is like what forty bucks, right? Yeah, yeah. A pair of jeans for me is like sixty to eighty bucks because of so how it's big double, I am. Double, yeah, because of, because of how big I am. Yeah. yeah, man. When I was really fat and I had to go to the big and tall right here on White Station, you Did know, you just call me fat. No, when I was big and fat, <laughs> like dude, like the bigger, like you know, I would get like a whatever size shirt, and it was yeah. like three times the size. Right. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, I think seems like the clothing industry. You think either things that you're tall and skinny or short and fat. Mm. So, so did you have like a lot of people trying to push you into sports because of your height? 100%. Were you ever interested in sports? I mean, I tried. I, I played a year of football in eighth grade. That didn't work out too well. I didn't really like it too much. I don't like to run. Yeah. Running sucks. And, uh, well, seventh grade, I tried for the basketball team. I did not make it. They didn't want me. <laughs> so do you like get tired of people's comments? I would imagine like about the weather and all the other dumb shit <laughs> people would possibly I say. I hate the goddamn weather fucking question. And like I said, I've actually uh, came up with a, you know, comeback. People are, man, you're so tall. Do you play basketball? I'll tell them no, but I'm a ping pong champion. It's <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> yeah. I get nothing on me. I would imagine it would get old, man. Like just hear those comments all the time. Cause I'm sure people think they're original when they're first saying it. Yeah. And at the same time, like, you know, it's like what they say, like, would you walk up to him? Like, man, how short are you? Yeah. But it's, it's not like, I guess, I guess people see, Height is an advantage rather than a disadvantage when you're super, super short. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they don't know how many times a week I hit my head. Yeah. <laughs> doorways. I have a cut. If you watch, walk, watch me walk through doorways, I have an automatic tilt. I don't even like 
size it up anymore. I just tilt my head no matter where the doorway is. So when you were looking for your home or where you live, do you is that like something you take in consideration? Or you just automatically modify your well, your I mean, height. If, oh, of it? course. Like if, if if I'm looking for a place to live, I'll, I'll definitely check out you know doorways and bathrooms and situations because I've been in bathrooms before where like I don't know who the I decided to put a a toilet in a closet, but that's yeah. not that's not me. <laughs> um, but the, the house I'm currently living in is actually uh, my my wife had gotten it uh, with a previous marriage. Um, she bought it ten years ago, and we've been living there. It's a over at Cooper Young House. It's built in 1912. Okay, so and it's a pretty nice house. And doorways are not doors are probably six eight, and I'm six nine. Mm. So if I stand straight up and walk through the doorway, it's it's not fun. So what shoes on? How tall are you? I'm only uh, with shoes on probably a good six ten. Because I'm, I stood flat foot, stood flat foot, and I got measured six foot nine and a half. Wow! So, do you come from a group of tall people? My mom went before you know she got older, and you know people start shrinking when they get older. She was about five ten. I have a like an older sister who's five ten, and I have a younger sister who is six foot even. Now, did how did they deal with their height? It's being women. Did they get a lot of picking or like guys like not want to date I, I would them? Imagine, or I would imagine my younger sister did, especially you know she's six foot tall. That's that's very tall for a woman. Yeah, but uh, I, I do know that uh, my sister Jenny had a hard hard time tracking down shoes when she was growing up. Man, I'm like that's, that's the stuff we don't think about. Man, like most people just don't think about other people's emotional tolls and shit. But yeah, it's, but at the same time, uh, I've often thought about writing to Walmart and being like, "Why don't y'all have a big and tall section?" Yeah, like why don't you? Like you don't, especially in Mississippi where people are <laughs> big and tall. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, but yeah, it is what it is. I I've come to accustomed to it, kind of like how a little person would come to accustomed to the world around them, and you know they they've adapted to it and all that good stuff. I adapt, and every time somebody asks me how tall I am, I just I just tell them. So, what about planes? planes i have to get the windows the, the emergency exit seat um yeah i remember one time i was on plane i saw this really tall guy getting on it and he was trying to sit in a regular seat and the fly <laughs> attendant's like no we'll get you um one of the exit aisles yeah yeah and imagine exactly. going overseas man like some because like when i first my over first overseas i want to go to china so bad <laughs> <laughs> you got to buy the whole row my my knees were sitting literally on the thing, so I can only imagine what it would be like for you or somebody, you know, like this guy's height that I'm talking about. Imagine how it is in the back of a police car. Oh, fuck, man. Yeah, I have to sit long ways in the back of a police car. Like, my feet had to be up on the seat. There's there is no feet on the ground. Wow. Why were you in a police car? Which time? <laughs> Any of them. I'll say this right now. I have, I have zero felonies. Um, but I simple possession charge. A um, little, little bit of weed, you know. But, uh, yeah, that's about it. But, uh, of course, when I was growing up, <laughs> I was in back of police car a few times for some random ass shit, too. I showed up. I remember I was uh, 22 years old, and I just showed up at my friend's house. And I, me and one other guy were, like, old enough to buy alcohol, but everybody else was, like, 20, 19, 17, whatever. And I had just showed up there. I literally just showed up, and I just got done smoking a joint. I hadn't been buying anybody any alcohol. Party gets busted, and then the cops are like, oh, you're uh, contributing to delinquency of the minors? I didn't know. I contribute shit. And anyways, yeah, that was a charge. Damn. Yeah, but I, I think it got overturned uh, because of something else. I forget what exactly what it was. But no, that was when I was 22 years old. And like I said, I was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. I got busted. 
there was a time in San Antonio, me and my buddy, I was 19 years old, we were uh, <clears throat> just came out of a store that was downtown San Antonio, and we see these two Mexican guys just beating the shit out of each other in the, in the alley. And we go, like, yeah, we're cheering them on. It's like, peace ass. And then when they get done and separate, we're like, oh, that's awesome. We're coming out. And the cops were there, like, well, who's fighting? I'm like, well, these two guys over here, like, we think it was y'all. I was like, that's my friend. They're like, friends fight. <laughs> and then also at the same time, he, uh, one officer saw us drinking a beer earlier. And I was only 19. He was, yeah, he was like, you're like, you're like 19, you're going to jail. Yeah, and that was the thing. Underage drinking, fighting, disorderly conduct. Wow. Yeah. Like I said, no felonies and nothing violent. Well, the fighting charge, but I wasn't fighting. When you were bouncing, did you experience a lot of fights? Yes. See how see how see how quick <laughs> that question. Yes, yes. Um, now like, uh, there would be weekends where we would have no fights at all, but it was very rare where you didn't have at least one scuffle going on. I will <clears throat> I will forever remember m- the biggest fight I had ever got in. It was I was working at Creasy's Cabaret, mm-hmm. and this one other guy. We were short that night. We're on a Saturday night. We're supposed to have at least four to five bouncers. We had two, me and one other guy. And this, these two groups of guys, about seven and seven, they got into a brawl, a big-ass brawl, like 14 people all fighting each other. And uh, there's actually a funny story behind this. So that night, I thought it was going to be a good idea to take a roll at work. <laughs> and this was like 45 minutes before the fight actually broke out. Mm-hmm. And I just got done telling the chick who gave it to him. I was like, I don't feel anything. Like, this is... This bullshit. And she's like, oh, you know, maybe we'll feel something later. And the fight broke out. And I was sitting there. And this is back when I smoked cigarettes. I had a cigarette in my mouth. Because <laughs> they told me after it was all done with, I'm sitting there. They said, well, you, you were sitting there just picking people up and throwing them out. And you never even dropped a cigarette out of your mouth. Uh, it's it whatever. But anyways, and then after it was all said and done with, my adrenaline had been pumping and my blood had been moving. I was like, oh, I feel it. And then, <laughs> and then right after that, another fight broke out. I'm in there rolling my nuts off, breaking up fights. And, uh, yeah, I've worked at a lot of places, been in a lot of fights. Had to fill a lot of incident reports. Why are guys fighting when there's titties around? Fuck if I know. Now, I do remember this one guy. I accidentally sent him to the hospital. Um, Accidentally. So he had been up into the VIP upper area where you get all your dances, but he wasn't with a dancer. And we kept on having to tell him to go downstairs. This is the third time. Well, I had to tell him to go downstairs. Yeah. And then he, you know, he was uh, getting word mouthy with me. And he pushed me. And I pushed him back, but I didn't realize he was standing right in front of a stairwell. Oh, this dude flew down and busted his head against the fucking glass. And he looks up, looks at me, holds his finger up like, like one second, picks his phone up, does like this, and just goes unconscious. Fuck. Oh, damn. Did you think you called? Did you think you, at that time you killed him? Oh, I was like, dude, I fucking killed him. What the fuck? Jesus. Uh, so, so we called him an ambulance and all that good stuff, and he went on. One of the bouncers later on fucked with me. He was like, you know you killed that guy, right? He dead. I was like, no, he's not. He's like, yeah, he, he's dead. I was like, don't talk about him telling that shit. You, please be telling me you're joking. He's like, yeah, I'm joking, but you need to be more careful. <laughs> Jesus I was, Christ. I was man. like, that's not funny. <clears throat> so when did you get out of bouncing? I'm not. 
Well, I'm not. I'm not a bouncer anymore per se. I don't work. I don't do nightclubs anymore. Yeah. What, what I do is uh, I work for a security company that uh, leases out security to places like Minglewood Hall and Growlers and places like that, and we do security like that. And I have another job where I'm a part of a union, it's Union Local 69, and we uh, do load and unload at shows. Mm. So I'm still in show business, I guess, but I'm, I don't do – I'm not working on Bill Street or anything like that ever again. It seems too dangerous now. It's 100% dangerous, 110%. And you have all these people sneaking in guns and shit, and, and instead of you know being a man and fighting about stuff, you, you, want, you want to start shooting people? Yeah. I know. I'm good. And all the stampedes that happen just about every weekend now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird how like people have no dis or regard for people's lives anymore. They really don't. It's, I don't know. I think people get let their pride get too much control over them. Yeah, like they just won't let th- certain things go, and they feel like that they'll feel better if they shoot this person. But it's like you're not only ruining their life, your family's life, or their family's life, your life, your family's life. I mean, there's so many people that are domino affected by that one bullet coming out of that gun or multiple bullets coming out of that gun. 100%. It's like just walk it off, man. Like I'd rather my pride be hurt than to hurt somebody else and then hurt myself in the long run over right. some heat of passion you know, thing. Do you do you guys think like maybe like when you pull in the gun like you thinking everyone like before you pull the gun like you think everyone's laughing at you or whatever so that's why you pull the gun maybe like maybe. well fuck you guys you know yeah. and it's not laughing at me or whatever like well at the same time the moment you pull the gun out that's 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 a that's a crime right there I think it's called brandishing or something like mm-hmm. that yeah that's a crime right there you you're not supposed to pull a gun out at all unless somebody's one hundred percent physically uh, threatening you. That's that's the law. If you're not in fear of your life, you will get charged with it. At the same time, I've heard like even if you are in the right, they take your gun away from you. Oh, so you can't put. You yeah, can't I, possess. I, I think you eventually get it back after they clear the entire case and find out oh, that you were. Okay. Not, but like like from that point, they take your gun. Like I, I carry a Glock on me all all the time because I live in Cooper Young area. I've, I've been in my backyard with my dogs and having shootouts happen a block away from my house. I'm not talking about like, pop, pop, pop. I'm talking like, like I'm dead ass serious. My backyard, and it's all of a sudden I hear this, and I'm ducking down, and running the house, and the dogs are running with me. Like we all went in the house. No, it's, it's, it's. I love Memphis. I really, really do. And I'm like, my family's here, and a lot of my friends are here. But it's getting too dangerous to living in the city. If I'm, if, I, if we do move anywhere, it's probably gonna be into like Hernando or South Haven. Yeah, it's weird how like. It just seems like it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And they're trying to do improvements, but it's like, how do you, you know, do the improvements without fixing the shit? But you know what I've noticed ever since 2020 and, and, and like all the whole police deal, like I've seen less and less people being pulled over nowadays on the street. Like, have you not noticed that? I was at a house party yesterday uh, and there were a couple of police officers there, you know, off, like, you know, just hanging out. Mm-hmm. And they were telling stories of like, if you are speeding and they turn their lights on to pull you over and you take off, they're not going to follow. They're not. They're not. They. I think he worked for Shelby County. It might be mm-hmm. all the branch or something like that. I don't right. forget. But like, they are not allowed to chase you anymore. If you take off, that's it. They turn their lights off and go back the way they were or whatever what they want to do. Um, he's like, because too many things happen. Because if that guy that you're chasing crashes and hurts somebody else or right. whatever, right. The police department is liable for all that. All that is what he was saying, like all that injury and stuff. But yeah, you are right. Less people, they are pulling people less 
less over mm. because like, you never know what's going to happen now. Like, if you, like why the fuck would I, if I was a cop or whatever, like I wouldn't pull people over for speeding or anything like that. He said there's seven things that they, usually, they call them the seven sins or whatever. I forget what he said they were, but like, if you have a war, you know, if you like, driving 120 down poplar or something like that or whatever they'll you know they try to pull you over slow you down see what's going on right but things like that is like the only time that they're actually gonna come after you yeah it's, it, i just i just noticed that less and less people are being pulled over and, and at the same time like i mean i get it but at the same time like the fucking traffic on the interstate and the people that drive are insane like I've I've driven through a few, I've, not too many cities, but I would say like so far, like Memphis has got the worst drivers next to Atlanta, Georgia. I don't know if you were driven through Atlanta, Georgia before, but it's not fun. I've been in the traffic in Atlanta, and I went there a couple of years ago with my buddy Edward, and like we, it, it's traffic even like at one o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I'm just like, what the fuck? And everyone's just going vroom 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 vroom. It's insane. Matter of fact, uh, some months back, I was uh, I was working at TJ Mulligan's out in Trinity Commons. Yeah, and I was coming back, and I legit was okay. So I was in the far left lane, so I can. <laughs> can you hear me now? <laughs> I was in the far left lane. Uh, I was fixing to get off on Sam Cooper, and this person like flew up my ass. Like I was doing the exact same speed limit at fifty five because I have one of those State Farm things on there that tracks your speed, so your insurance goes down, right? So like, and literally, I look in my rearview mirror, and this dude flew up. He had been doing like seventy-five miles an hour, eighty miles an hour, and didn't even hesitate and turn nothing. Smacks right into the back of the car. Like this is then this is two three two thirty in the morning. Like and then uh, I I tried to chase after him. I was on nine one one. I was like, yeah, uh, this person just hit me. They're trying to run off. I'm right behind him. We're going down. They're like, sir, stop chasing them. I'm like, what do you mean stop chasing them? I was like, they just hit the back of my car. Say, so, sir, we advise you to stop chasing them, blah, 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 blah. I was like, all right, fine, whatever. I pulled over, and of course, nothing ever happened of it. Like, the cops took a uh, report, and nothing ever happened. Yeah, that's unfortunate. That's very unfortunate. But I think I agree with State Farm <clears throat> because. If that person's doing some wild shit like that, who knows what they're going to do if you get out oh, of the absolutely. car? You know, oh, absolutely. Oh, it wasn't State Farm. It was the police. I oh, called yeah, yeah. yeah. I called 911. They're like, sir, stop chasing this person. And I was like, okay, fine. Yeah. So. So what's new in your life, man? I just got married October Congrats. 22nd uh, to my beautiful wife, Jackie. Uh, we, and after that, we went on a cruise to Mexico that set at sail on October 31st. And of course, anybody who knows me knows I love Halloween and spooky shit. So that was right up our alley. Uh, we had a pretty fun time. We went and swam with, uh, nurse sharks and stingrays. And those, like I said, those nurse sharks, they, that you think they're going to be only like three or four feet long, but then they're like six feet long. And yeah, they're not going to tag you but it's pretty intimidating when you got four or five sharks underneath you and you're in the ocean like that's that's their space so were you guys in a cage like in the shark cage or something nope. They, nope. you're just in the water and they seem yep. to just swimming around you yep we yeah. had uh goggles snorkel and uh this little floaty air thing that you blow in and let the air out of and and uh flippers that's it nothing in between us and they didn't even told us that we can go down there and touch their tails they said just make sure you just touch their tails but, like, they were all kind of cornered in this one spot on top of each other. Like, they were scared. So I was like, 
Nah, I think I'm good. <laughs> yeah, me too. I would, I would, I wouldn't have gone off the boat. To be like, honest with you, it's like let, let sleeping dogs lie, and like they say, sharks are dogs of the sea. So like, yeah, let's not fuck with them right now. I'm good with that. But uh, yeah, we had a fun time. Uh, except we came back with some badass uh, sinus infection, but it's finally gone now after a whole bunch of antibiotics. That was pretty crazy. But yeah, we got married, and uh, now we're. Uh, Trying to pay for the wedding. That's always fun. Yeah, that's always fun. Well, we, we had a set budget, and of course, you know, things, un, unthought of things popped up, and then other things added on. And Yep. Any advice to anybody who's going to be getting married? Do something small. You want to get married? That's fine. Just do something small. Was it? <clears throat> Excuse me. Was it everything you thought it was going to be, though, as far as? Actually, absolutely it was. Absolutely was. So we got married over at uh, Shelby Forest. Uh, was it Meeman State Park? And uh, they have this one cove where they have all the cabins. And uh, we had all the cabins rented out for all our friends and family and stuff like that. And at one point in one of the cabins, there's this little peninsula that came out into the water. It had this big tree that started out as one and came out into two. Mm-hmm. And we got married right in front of that tree. And we did it at sunset, so it was a sunset wedding. Okay. So it was, it was pretty no, it was pretty cool. Uh, our colors were red and black, which is right up my alley. It's, my, my, my ring, as you'll see, is red and black. Nice. Yep, yep. Um, let's see here. It was, it, was, it was a fun time. At the same time, it was nerve-wracking. I don't, uh, planning a wedding and things not going the way they're supposed to at the certain time they're supposed to. Matter of fact, I fucked up. I left, uh, I had rented two uh, of my groomsmen's uh, ties and I left them at the house. I'm all the way out in Shelby Forest and the weddings in a couple hours. And luckily, my roommate, our roommate Justin, was still at the house. So he grabbed them and brought them and saved us from that debacle. Of course, Jackie knew nothing of it the entire time. <laughs> yeah, she's gonna know now. Oh, just so you know, she knows. She knows. <laughs> yeah. She knows now. But at the same time, something happened with her that I didn't know anything about. She fucking fell and face plant. Oh, not face plant because she didn't land on her face, but she fell and like scraped her knee up real bad and all this good stuff. And I didn't know anything about it until after the wedding. Like nobody. T- everybody's like, "Oh, she's fine. She's fine." And everybody's telling her the same thing. Oh, he's fine. He's fine. Me, I'm a nervous wreck because nobody's doing what they're supposed to do at the time they're supposed to do it. Well, most of my groomsmen were all drunk already. <laughs> here, here, and here I am trying not to get drunk because I had to speak words in front of people. Like I, it, it was, but it was a good time. Uh, my grandmother was there, and she was super happy. My aunt was there; she would not stop crying. <laughs> uh, my, my aunt Donna, she's awesome. Uh, but yeah, in the same time, like y'all have to remember, man, this almost didn't happen. Like I, the whole cancer thing, about like the leukemia I went through twice. Yeah. Yeah, and that's something my mom kept on bringing up. She was like, I, I never thought this day would happen. She's like, I thought we were going to lose you and all this other stuff. But, uh, yeah, um, should we talk about the cancer thing? Because we can talk about that. Yeah, yeah how did you <clears> – Excuse me. I don't know why my voice is so fucked. <clears throat> with you. How did you uh, get the diagnosis? Like, what was the thing so that exactly, brought it on? Exactly what happened was um, I started getting a pain in my right side, and um, – First day, I wasn't paying attention to it. I thought it was just some pain I get when I get old. And second day, it was still there, a little bit worse. But the third day, it was not only worse, but it would hurt even more when I breathed. Mm. So I was like, okay, I need to go to the hospital. 
my ex that I was with at the time was like, no, no, you're overreacting. You don't need to go to the hospital. I was like, no, something's going on with my body. I needed to get checked out. When I first get to the hospital, um, this one doctor is like, oh, it says it's just a broken rib because you're a bouncer and you're getting fights. I was like, well, I haven't been in a fight this past weekend. And I know what a broken rib feels like. He was like, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll do x-rays and do, and if it's not a broken rib, we'll do other tests. And they did the x-rays and he came back and he had a real worried look on his face. Well, a little more frustrated maybe. And he was like, um, yeah, your rib's not broken, but, um, some of these tests are showing something and we don't want to talk about it until we do these other tests. I was like, okay. But I, I had no idea what he was talking about. So I wasn't worried at that point. So I sit there and sit there for about another hour and a half. And finally, this lady comes up to me with a pamphlet talking about my cancer treatment options. Nobody even told me I had cancer yet. They was just... Oh, so they were like, so these are your options, this, that, and the other for cancer treatment. I stopped her. I was like, wait, whoa, what did you just say to me? She's like, these cancer, these cancer treatments. I was like, I have cancer. She's like, they didn't tell you. I'm like, no, they didn't fucking tell me I have cancer. And, uh, and she was like, oh, the doctor was supposed to do. And she was like, well, looked at, she was like, hold on, let me go find the doctor. She, she comes back. Oh, he left for the day. This motherfucker left before telling me I had cancer. The fuck? Right? Right? So anyways, so the exact diagnosis was acute myeloblastic leukemia. It's basically cancer of the blood and bone. Um, the only real symptoms I was feeling was the pain in the side. And at the same time, I was feeling real tired all the time. I just wasn't wasn't myself. I think like a few points I started just throwing up for no reason. Um but anyways, I went there. So my doctor, who's fucking awesome, man, and this dude, man, he has saved my life more than once. But um, he came in there and he was like, you know, talking to me. He's like, so we have two options to not do this. And he starts talk, telling me all the stuff that I'm not understanding. Like, there's this that does this and this and this and these are side effects, whatever. And I stopped and I was like, look, if you had this diagnosis and you were in my seat, what would you do? He said, I would do this. I was like, cool. Let's do that. And uh, the treatment I got was called high deck chemotherapy. And within two weeks, my cancer was already gone. But I had, to, I had, it's kind of like antibiotics. Like if you take antibiotics and you start feeling better, that doesn't mean you need to stop taking the antibiotics. Keep taking it until it's all the way through. So I, my doses are different than most people's. Like, you know how some people just show up to a chemo uh, clinic and they'll sit down for a couple hours, get a bag and go home. That's not how it worked for me. I showed up to the hospital, got a bag, and I had to sit there for a week before they finally let me go home. Actually, it was a bag every other day. And then after I finally did that, I got to go home. But then after that, my immune system would be gone, and I would pick up some random-ass virus or something like that. And uh, My doctor would always tell me while I went home, like, if you get a, a fever over 100.4, come back to the hospital. So like, don't, don't even call me, don't tell me, or you can call me on the way, but don't ask me, just keep coming to the hospital. I was like, okay. And that would happen every time, every time I did it. Every time I'd, I'd get sick with something, I'd have to come back to the hospital, sit there for another week until the sickness was gone and go back. So how long ago was this? I was first diagnosed in 2016, August, no, June 20, no, it was July, July 26th, 27th, something like that. 
Now, is leukemia, is that generally in younger kids? Leukemia can be in anybody. So it's not just a child? like uh, No, yeah, it's not 100% not just a child. Matter of fact, I've actually heard of other people that have gone through the exact shit that I've gone through, adults. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, like I said, I, I actually got good. I beat it the first time, and I got through all the chemotherapy. But then in a year later, it came right back. And what they did for that was, one, give me the same chemotherapy for that. But then after that chemotherapy, once that final chemotherapy happened, and my immune system was rock bottom, mm-hmm. they gave me a stem cell transplant. And a stem cell transplant, it's just, it's just like an infusion. It's like it's a bag of stuff that they give you, whatever. And what it is is somebody else's stem cells that replaces yours. And that's essentially where your immune system comes from, essentially. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, and after they did that, I had to take an entire year to recover from that. An entire year. Like, normally where chemotherapy, like, for, for like, a week, you feel really bad. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. <clears throat> chemotherapy, only you feel bad for, like, a little week, and that's about it. I felt like shit for a, time, a good eight or nine months. And that eight or nine months, I couldn't drink. I could not eat fresh fruit or vegetables. Everywhere I went, I had to wear a mask and gloves because any germ that anybody had could got me sick. I, matter of fact, at one point, I picked up this one sickness. But once I got it, my doctor told me what it was. He's like, this, he's like, this is how shitty your immune system is. You have this sickness that normally only kindergartners get. Like he, said, he said this sickness. Adults don't get this sickness. And what's funny about that is I accidentally passed it off to him. He's like, only kindergartners get this, this, that, and the other. Then I found out two days later, he's got exactly what I have. So I was just passing that germ around. So what was your emotion like from the diagnosis to the chemo? The moment I found out I had cancer, I cried my eyes out. That day, uh, give me a second. I didn't know I was going to live or die. But, uh, I will say this, it made me stronger. I I fought through that shit. I told myself that I'm not giving up. I'm I'm not ready to die. I'm going to leave this planet. I fought through it. Um, and then, uh, once I got through the first time, I I felt invincible. I was like, I beat cancer. It's it's, it's gone. I don't, I don't, I'm I'm gonna be good. I, I went off and got me a dog, and I was I had these plans of moving because I had to go stay with my mom, of course, while I was doing the whole cancer situation. I couldn't live by myself. I had to have somebody to help take care of me, and uh, I was about ready to move out of the house. And then so they told me I had cancer again. But of course, uh, I told myself I beat it before. I'll beat it again. I was gonna give up, and I I finally beat it, and then. With a stem cell transplant, I had to even I had to wait to make sure I even had a donor first, and it's actually a funny story. So I now know who my donor is. I've talked to her before. I've never met her face to face. I do want to, but what's funny is she's so tiny and I'm so big. They had to do two different transplants <laughs> pullouts from her because um, apparently it wasn't not, one dose wasn't enough. Um, but anyways, uh, my emotional state was was. Okay, except for the fact that like, the ex that I was with at the time, while I was in the hospital, I found out she was cheating on me and bringing guys back to my apartment that I 
that I let her and her handicapped son move into with me. So while I'm sitting there in the hospital, don't know if I'm going to live or die. And I'm trying to call her because I need her there with me for emotional support. She's not answering my phone calls or nothing. So I call my uh, neighbor from two doors down uh, in my apartment building over at the Renaissance. I was like, hey, man, can you go knock on my door and see if uh, if she's there? He knocks at the door. Dude, he answers the fucking door. And uh, I was, I was uh, he, he told me, he's like, man, there's a dude there. I was like, get him out. I was like, where is she at? He's like, I don't see her anywhere. Blah, blah. It's like, cool. It's like, you know where my spare key is? Lock my door and and, and whatever. <clears throat> and then a little more time goes back down and I was asking some people. Apparently, she, there wasn't just one. Mm. She was, I'm not going to say her name because I'm not trying to like, you know, bring her name down or nothing like that. But so somebody told me that she was uh, sucking dick like it was going out of style. Like they call her out back of 152 sucking a uh, bouncer's dick from across the street. Damn. Yeah. So I, uh, <clears throat> once I found that out, I was actually, I had actually just started going to have chemo and I, my immune system was shit and I felt like shit. But guess what I did? I put a mask on and got my shoes on and I walked all the way down to Bill Street, even though I felt like shit and told her it was fucking over. Don't come back to my house. And then I told her she will have her stuff outside my apartment when I'm done. Damn. She was, she was actually also telling people that we were already broken up and telling them and, and, and saying that I was like hooking up with nurses at the fucking hospital. While you're sick. While, while I'm sick and like dying. I, 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 if I get up and go to the bathroom and come back, I'm winded. But yeah, yeah I'm fucking nurses. Mm-mm-mm. Anyways, but like I said, I, le- I learned a lot from everything I went through going through cancer. Um, one, I've, I found out who my real friends were because there were all these people that used to be my friends because they used to be a bouncer at 152. But the moment I'm not a bouncer anymore and I'm sick in the hospital, they don't answer my phone calls, they don't answer my texts, they don't come see me. Nothing. And uh, like I said, I, I learned about who who my real friends are and what real friendship is and, 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 and recognizing when somebody is just your friend because it's beneficial to them. Do you think those people that didn't answer your calls didn't know how to confront it or they were just selfish people? <clears throat> maybe a little bit both. Maybe they're, you know, maybe they're just the type of people that they wanted to be friends with me just because, you know, you they, 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 they show up at 152 and I get them through the line and all that yeah. stuff or, or, or wristbands or, or whatever the fuck ever they wanted from me. And then, uh, then there's probably, then there was a few people that I knew were my friends, but they couldn't handle hospitals. Um, I have one friend, y'all know Jason Aldridge. He, he's a good friend of mine. He's still a good friend of mine right this day, but he doesn't do hospitals very well. And he never really came to see me, but he was constantly checking on me. He would text me and you know, ask me how I was doing stuff like that. Yeah. So he, 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 he was checking on me, but there was people out there that didn't even try. Do you think that like your thoughts on cancer before you got cancer and cancer now, as far as like people that had it before, did you have like empathy for those people or obviously now you went through it? So I, I, I had, of course I had huge, huge empathy for those pe- for people that had cancer before, especially with uh, my ex before I got cancer. Her, her son was actually a cancer patient at St. Jude mm-hmm. and I was helping them out, getting them back and forth to, to doctor's appointments, making sure she goes to work while taking care of her kid. Cause he, had a uh, brain tumor and they operated on him. So like 
he couldn't walk for himself. He couldn't get up and go to the bathroom for himself. He was having to wear diapers and stuff like that. And I was changing diapers, uh, cleaning his tray for him, making sure he had a bath, clean clothes, fed, all this good stuff. While she's working out in Germantown, and I'm driving her back and forth, she doesn't even have her own vehicle. And then, uh, yeah, so that's, I guess that's why it stung a little bit more whenever I'm, like, one, trying to keep myself from dying, and two, I've been doing everything for you. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you're doing absolute shit for me. What a terrible person. I mean, I try not to hold too much hate against her anymore because that's just that's just weight on my own heart. Like to to, to hold hate for somebody, it's poison. It's, it really is. But I will never ever forget what she put me through. Because like that's that's the thing about it. When my current wife Jackie now, okay, before her, that was my that that my that that, that ex was my last relationship I was in because I absolutely refused to be in a relationship after that. I, I didn't. I, I didn't want to deal with the pain ever again. Like that shit. That shit hurt more than anything. So I started. Well, what's, what's what's really awesome about it is, after I'd done this last stem, the, the stem cell transplant, I was getting back healthy. I was on an upswing, and I got to a point in my life where I was going to do exactly what I wanted to do and what made me happy. I because I started went, went with the whole false friend thing. I was always uh, before then. I was got felt like I was trying to be a people pleaser. Like, like, I want to let these people be my friends so I can hook you up. Yeah, let's get you in one for two, this, that, you know, blah, 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 blah. Maybe I can get you a free shot, blah, blah, blah. But now, fuck that. So I was like, I, I don't mind doing things for my friends that I know my friends. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm going to be me and do me. And if you don't like it, well, then maybe we shouldn't be friends or be associated with each other. And that's exactly when I met Jackie. While I was in this stage of being exactly who I am, doing what I wanted to do. And she was she was down for it all. So I met, actually met her. <clears throat> it's gonna sound a little corny. I met her on Plenty of Fish, and uh, I messaged her, and we started talking. And I'm like, when first first message I sent her, I told her everything bad about me. I was like, just so you know, it's like one, I cuss like I breathe. Two, I smoke pot every day, all day, and three, I currently live with my mother. She's like, okay, and then we continued to talk. And at the same time. Another reason why I knew she was the one, we we survived coronavirus together. Mm. We got locked down in the house together for how, how long was the lockdown for? Good eight weeks or so, maybe? No, the original one? Yeah, the original. Yeah, the original one was like eight weeks or something like that. Yeah, Three yeah. Months. And we not Two once months. tried to kill each other. Not once. Now we had our normal, you know, <clears throat> little arguments here and there, but there was never like, I'm going to fucking kill you, bitch, or nothing like that. But uh, she... She's she's awesome. As a matter of fact, um, how down she is. I don't know if you've ever heard about this little place called the Sausage Castle, have you? No. Oh. You, know, you know who Daddy's Juiced is, but you don't know who the Sausage Castle is? Oh, that guy's fucking weird, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that guy, oh, man. Uh, I've, 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 I've had shots with that guy. He, 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 is, he is absolutely. <laughs> Where'd you meet him at? The Sausage Castle. Okay, please tell, please tell me what the fuck this okay, is now. The Sausage Castle is owned by, okay, this is. Mansion on 88 acres of land owned by this man named Mike Busey. Oh, I do. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. It's down in Florida, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Astatula, Florida, right outside Orlando, Florida. It's basically, okay, so let's let's say that Playboy Mansion. For degenerates. It's ran, it's it's Playboy Mansion that's ran by the members of ICP and Jackass. 
Oh, wow. That, that's the best way I could put it. I need to go there. And at the same time, it's like an adult summer camp. Because while you're there, you're camping. Like, they have this big old lake with a, a campsite all around with electrical plug-ups. Even had, like, if you want to bring an RV, you can plug up an RV over there. And, uh, yeah, I've seen some shit. How did you get mixed in that group? I found them on the internet while I was uh, doing my whole cancer journey, staying home. And basically, the only thing I had was my phone for, yeah. for, for a window to the outside world. And I first started following this guy called Charlie Classic. I don't know if you've ever heard of him before. He's a social media person. I think I know who you're talking about. And, and uh, he used to make me laugh a lot when I was sitting in the hospital, especially while I was going through all the bullshit I was going through. And uh, he was a member. He used to be a member. Of, uh, he does his own thing now. He lives in Las Vegas now. But he used to be a member of these uh, group of people at, at Sausage Castle. And there was all these content creators that lived there and whatever. And they're basically all about, like, you know, do whatever you want, be you. And as long as you're not, you know, touching little kids or hurting animals, do whatever you want. Yeah. I think that's uh cause I think that it's the same guy. He's with that Rocky Emerson, that porn, really tall yeah. porn star girl. Yeah. 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 Rocky, yeah. yeah. Rocky Emerson. Yeah. You ever see the content he created with her? What? Had her <laughs> covering her completely in peanut butter. Yes. <laughs> yes. I did see that. Yeah. We were talking about the same guy. I know exactly who you're talking about. Well, I think that guy was friends with Eubank. Or they were or are friends or something like that. Which so that's how I know who that Rocky girl is. Which one are you all talking about? Which the guy? Charlie. Charlie oh, Charlie. Oh. Yeah, Charlie Classic, yeah. No, Charlie Classic, yeah, he's, he's a funny dude. And at the same time, uh, a lot of people, like, I've made some really cool friends out in Sausage Castle. Like, uh, there's this guy named John Kane. His, he, this dude, his name is John Kane. His, like, his full name is John Kane. That's what you call him. It's John Kane. You don't call him John. You don't call him Jonathan. It's John Kane. <laughs> yeah. That, he's one of them people. He actually owns a porn store down in Florida. He owns it. It's 100% his, and he sells uh, – I always, always call him my dick dealer. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he's a good-ass dude. He's one, of those, uh, he's one of the people I met when I first went down there, and he, he just had the mindset of, like, hey, I do what I want. I don't give a fuck if you don't like me, so fucking what? And that's exactly the kind of mentality I was taking on at the time. We came, he actually flew down for my wedding. Oh, shit. And he was one of my groomsmen. Uh, and he was the only groomsman I had to tell to make sure to keep his balls in his pants in front of my grandmother. <laughs> yeah. So do you think cancer, even though it was something bad, it turned out to be a plus because one, you met your future, your current wife. And then two, it kind of opened you up to be who you want to be. It, like I said, I learned a lot of lessons and, and I, it, I wish I could have learned them a different way, but, yeah. but the lessons were absolutely necessary. Uh, learning that not everybody is actually your friend. Uh, and also learning that uh, no matter how tr much you trust somebody, they can probably still fuck you over. Mm. But at the same time, once again, remember, try to try to recognize who's your friend and who's your not. Now, did you value life as much then as you do now? I think I value life a lot more now. Yeah. Um, because uh, you think to yourself, I'm never going to get cancer. Who, you know, that's not going to happen to me. And then, then it happened. Then it happened the second time. Like the second time, I feel like I hurt more than the first time because I thought I was done with it. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, I definitely feel like that uh, I do appreciate a lot, a lot more. I try to make more of it. And I try to make sure I'm doing what's making me happy yeah. rather than what's making other people happy. Because I always say, like, I think a lot of us, we don't think about our demise enough because we're all going to die. Yep. But hopefully we make it to a certain point that's not too brief. Right. <clears throat> yeah. So 
I'm just glad to have you know, been along this alive this long and hoping I get a good another 20, 30 years out of it. But I definitely, you know, think about all the time, you know, death is one the one thing that's absolutely certain in this life is mm-hmm. death. That's yeah. the only thing is that's certain in this life. And you know, while I, you know, wonder what it would be like too, I try not to think about it. Because I think it should be a motivating factor. Because like I said, the only thing that we know is our current state. And what we can do, we don't know what happens after we're gone for sure. Right. So like we, as people should just try to just seize a day, man, right. do as much as we can. And I think a lot of people are just constant or content with just doing normal bullshit. Right. And yeah. I mean, if that's what you want to do, that's on you. But if you're the type of person that's saying, Hey, I want more out of life and you're not doing it, you're an asshole then because there's somebody that was in your position at that time where you thought you weren't going to make it. Mm-hmm. And you got these motherfuckers that aren't doing shit. Right. But bitching. Right. Yeah, no, uh, people suck, but not everybody sucks. Yeah. Would you guys want to live forever? No, absolutely not. If I, now, do I get to live forever, live forever and my family gets to live forever too? No. So, see, it's, no, just, so no, it's just like everyone, everyone dies over Yeah, the, no, I, 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 I don't. New. I don't want to see everybody I love die. Yeah. Fuck that. No. Well, it's kind of like the movie Highlander. Mm-hmm. Hey, you keep on falling in love and then watch this fucking, you know, love his life. Wither away in his arms, like no, I don't want that. No, that, that's why vampires are so pissed off all the time. <laughs> yeah, I think the thing about life though is, uh, I think to just like I said, you just got to do do the most with it, man. I was I was at the gym yesterday, and I was like, man, I'm fucking on this elliptical machine for like thirty minutes. I'm like, thirty minutes is gonna pass by if I'm on this machine or not on this machine. So I might as well be on this machine to increase my life and do make myself better. Right. Like I can be doing something for 30 minutes is not going to improve my life. Right. This is going to improve my life. And right. I think a lot of people don't take an hour of their day to do something either to better their financial situation, better their health or better their, their intellect. Right. I try, I try to do something at least once a day that's going to make my, my day or my week better. Uh, like you're talking about going to the gym. I, I re- uh, started going to uh, Memphis Fitness kickboxing two or three times a week, and I'm already feeling better about myself. Like I started doing that back in March, and I've lost like 50 pounds since then. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, man. and that's not even including the muscle I gained doing it too. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I it originally was going to be just so I can slim down for the wedding, but I'm, I'm not going to stop going. I'm going to keep going and try to stay the best shape I can possibly get because they say once you stop moving, it's when you start weathering away. Yeah. Like they say, health is wealth, man. Yeah. I mean, you know that better than any of us in this room right now. Yeah, I'm. Believe me, I'm, I'd much rather be alive than fucking, uh, uh, or rather be healthy than rich. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Because you can have, you know, obviously we all know the saying: you can have as much money as you want, but if you don't have your health, you're not going to have be able to enjoy all no. that money or whatever. And I always say, like, why would you want the best things in life if you're not healthy enough to enjoy it? Like, there's no point in wanting cool shit right. if you're not around to enjoy it or like you can't even like walk to do it or you know i I don't know like i said it's easier i guess on the outside sometimes you don't know what everybody's going through like why they they're mentally stagnant Mm. and they can't achieve shit or get off their ass to do something some people are afraid of change they just like like they get comfortable in that little rut they're in yeah because I've I've been in that kind of a rut where I was just comfortable where I was, and I started realizing how much more was happening on the outside world. And if I didn't go out there and experience it, I'm gonna miss it. Mm-hmm. Same time, like you're asking me about my uh, outlook on life with cancer. 
I spent so much fucking time in the hospital while all this stuff was going on, all these fun things were going on, parties and, and get-togethers and things like that. Like, it was a matter of fact, uh, I was in the hospital Christmas Day and Christmas Eve of 2017 and spent that New Year's Eve getting a stem cell transplant. Damn. Yeah. While everybody's partying up. Matter of fact, I had somebody hit me up and was like, hey, man, come to this party. I'm like, yeah, can't make it in the hospital bed. So, but anyway, so like, like I said, after I got out doing that, like I started doing things I wanted to, like I got back into uh, scare acting, um, doing, doing the haunted houses and stuff. And uh, that's something I love. I, I adore scaring the shit out of people. I don't know what it is about me, but to make somebody jump out of their skin and scream, it's just, it makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. So what is that exactly? So uh, I started off working for a, a certain haunted house. Uh, and uh, at first it was like a volunteer basis. And I, I, I so further, further back, way back when I was 14 years old, I was volunteering at the Memphis Zoo. And uh, they needed help working on their haunted house for Zubu. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, you know, I'll help and be a part of it. And I did such a good job. The next year, they were like, hey, we want you to set it up and, and, and run it and tell people where to be and this, that, and the other. I was like, okay, cool. And then I did such a good job of it that year that they wouldn't do it again the next year because too many kids were screaming and parents were complaining. <laughs> but my, here's my situation. They had the haunted house and the not-so-haunted house. So why are you complaining when you bring your four-year-old into the haunted house? Yeah. But anyways, yeah, I got back into, because I got back into the scare acting probably about 2015. And uh, like I said, it was a volunteer basis only, but I, I, I love doing it. I love scaring the shit out of people. And then uh, I started getting paid for it and uh, for a couple of years and it wasn't really enough. And when I, when I asked for a raise, they told me, uh, you know, oh, I, I thought you did this for the love of scaring this, that. And you know, I was like, yeah, but I'm also a grown ass adult with gas and, you know, bills and stuff like that. And, you know, you're taking up my time. You might as well pay me. But uh, then me and him got into later on because I was working for a roofing company. And his ex-wife hit me up to work on a roof that I did not know belong. It was their marital house. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of bullshit around surrounding that. And, um. Long story short, I needed him to sign a piece of paper because his name was still in the house. He started cussing me like a dog, like, motherfucker, why are you, why are you in the middle of my divorce? This, that, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. He's like, you can talk to my lawyers. I was like, you want me to talk to lawyers? We can talk to lawyers. I got, I got off the phone with him. Within three days, yeah, we had that piece of paper signed. But anyways, and after that, I texted the haunt directly. It's like, I no longer go to work for your haunt. I don't want my images used anymore. Because they have my images not only on like their free passes, but all over their website. I showed up for radio spots in full character. I would show up for street scaring in full character. And, and like, but yeah, I can't have 50 bucks more for an entire month of scaring. What's your character? Uh, so I have, I, I have a character right now. So his name, get this all moved out of the way so you can see it. His name is Slash. Oh, shit. That, that's my character. That's 100% mine. That's a one-of-a-kind mask that my buddy Rob made for me. Yeah. Uh, and he's uh, he's kind of the character I have. I'm, tr- I'm trying to get this movie made. I have a synopsis written. Not synopsis. What it's called? It's called a Treatment. It's basically a short story of the movie written up, and it's already registered with the Screenwriters Guild Association East. And everybody, I, I try not to let everybody read it because I want people to, you know, be able to see the movie and be like, oh, that's awesome. But everybody's pretty much seen the script is pretty, pretty excited to see it once it happens. But as we all know, making movie, movies cost money. Yeah. 
advertising and paying people to actually be there unless you tell them it's an independent film. And then even then, like you can't always get the best, best people when you talk about independent films, but that's the, that's the way that I've been told. That's the way how it happens. You're supposed to make a little short film or whatever. And then they show it at festivals and then people jump up and say, Hey, I want to sponsor that and actually make that into a movie and stuff like that. But that takes so much stuff. And I, I, I don't know what you know the first step to do it. I wonder how you would get funding, like uh, like um, investor, you do like a uh, GoFundMe. No, no, not GoFundMe. Um, fuck, what's it called? Well, that's what a producer is. Produ- producers pretty much get pr- the money, pr- pr- produce money and funds, and that's why they get their name on on the movie because they're, they're the ones that supply things happen. And like I said, my movie wouldn't be that hard to make because you know it's set in a haunted house and I work in a haunted house, so. The current haunted house I work for is uh, Wicked Ways Haunted House. They're on Cumberland Street. They're actually really awesome. Uh, it's a great group of people. And uh, they donate a portion of their proceeds to St. Jude. Oh, wow. That's so, yeah. so good. So, so. Is that the one that's in Binghamton? That's Binghamton, right? Or the, little, the edge of Binghamton? I'm not sure where Binghamton is. Like you drive? It's, it's, you... it's off of Broad Street. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. By Wiseacre, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Why is that? Matter of fact, it's right down from Why is that? You go straight down that road and yeah. it dead ends into yeah. One hundred percent. One day I drove by Kickstarter. That. Kickstarter. Okay. Yeah, you should try looking to a Kickstarter for your movie. Hell yeah. How does that work? It's basically like GoFundMe or some kind of crowdfunding. Right. Right. So you'll tell people your idea, and then people will pitch in the amount of money you think you need to get right. it started going. Because I know other people have done movies and shows that way. I, I feel like dude, I, would, I would have people to donate to that because here recently I was in a competition for the next face of horror. And uh, what that was is like a whole bunch of people submitted some pictures and uh, they started off with like, I think, 100 groups of 84 a piece. Mm. And they would start off like a uh, top 20, top 15, top five, top three, and then whatever. Uh, I made it all the way up to the top three in, in my group. Uh, I got I got beat by well actually at first this thirst trap was beating me but then this uh, other gentleman look this this chick okay <laughs> was thirst trapping okay if, if, I'm showing pictures of me all bloodied up and like holding you know severed heads and shit like this while she's wearing a see through shirt showing her nipples and shit bent over bent over a uh, uh, a, a gravestone. Like, yeah, yeah, no, no. Sex sells. It does, it does. Oh, what was was, was funny about it was I made a uh, post on my own Facebook saying about, like, don't let the thirst trap win. (laughs) This this bitch fucking messaged me on Facebook. (laughs) She found, she's like, she found, no, no, she she, she was like, oh, no, actually, no, well, first what happened is she posted on her Facebook talking about, oh, he wants to call me a thirst trap. Let's show him a thirst trap, this, that, and the other. Of course, she had a whole bunch of dudes like, baby, I got you. You know? <laughs> Some white nights. Show me your yeah. butthole. I'll show you. I'll give you $100. No problem. Yeah, no problem. exactly. But uh, no, um, and in the end, actually, a guy that deserved to win because his pictures were awesome. He, he was a trans guy who, who, like, seriously, he had some very, very gifted uh, makeup jobs and costumes and stuff like that. He deserved to win. I'm okay being beat by somebody who's better than me. I'm not okay being beat by somebody who's, who's working the system. Like, at the same time, like, it was kind of weird that, like, you, you can go vote for people, but you can also pay for votes. Like, what kind of election will we have in the United States, our United States president, if you can buy fucking votes? Yeah. Not saying that you can't already, but, you know. That's what I'm saying. It's, like, it's, it's, it's not a popularity vote if, if you got a bunch of lonely-ass dudes that live alone and don't have a family. 
It's like, oh, here's a hundred dollars from your butthole. What do you think about the state of men? The state of men? Yeah. Like, do you think that men are becoming weaker? The younger ones? Yeah, maybe. And at the same time, I feel like I feel like uh, people are angry at men. I feel like 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 it's always been a man's world and all that good stuff. So right now, people are kind of shitting on men. So it's just my personal opinion. Like everybody deserves a chance, everybody, but everybody doesn't deserve a chance while shitting on other people to do it. Yeah, that, that's the that's why I feel about it. You shouldn't step on somebody to reach the top. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Like I, I, I get it. You know that you know. It's been a men's world, man's world, like back in the day, like they wouldn't hire females in certain jobs and yeah. females couldn't vote and all that good stuff. But, but like now I'm seeing more and more that like, that, uh, I don't know, like you watch commercials and stuff like that. You'll see less men in the commercials unless, uh, unless, unless they're like trans or something like that. Like I, I've, I've noticed that a lot, but, um, anyways, it's, it is what it is. I think there needs to be a balance. I mean, we both need each other. Well, there absolutely needs to be a balance. And then that's the thing. It goes back and forth. It's, it's, like, it's either a man's world or it's a woman's world or it's a trans world or a gay world. Like it's, 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 nobody's learning. We're not coexisting. We're, we're, we're tug-of-warring. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Instead of holding each other up, we're pulling back and forth at each other. Yeah, I think the problem is that everybody wants to be the supreme. And yeah. it doesn't work that way. <clears throat> yeah, that's, that's exactly what it is. Everybody wants to be number one. Because, like I said, I mean, we can't have people without each other. Absolutely not. And, and this world would be a whole lot better place if we just started helping each other instead of trying to bring each other down. Yeah, I agree with that. But there's, there's a lot of divisiveness in this world, and it's just, I don't know if that's because social media, we're seeing it more on social media. I'm sure it's always been there. But those people seem to be louder because they have a voice or they have a, a box to stand on and, and get and their word out. At the same time, they can say that shit without being right in front of you where you can't smack them. Yeah. So that, 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 that's the problem right there. There's a lot of people that get on the internet and they'll say a whole bunch of crap that's 100% something they know they shouldn't say. Mm-hmm. But they say it anyways because it's on social media and nobody can, like, look, okay, cool. Go in the same room with those people and then actually be physically in that room with people. Now say what you just said again. Yeah. Now probably they won't. Keyboard warriors, man. Yeah. Yeah, people are tough. They're definitely tougher online because, mm-hmm. like I said, they're behind a little screen. And sometimes you, I guess they maybe don't look at the person as a person that they're talking shit to. No. So it's like, what? I don't know how people that are trolls. Like, what do you get off of that? Like, what do you, what enjoyment does it bring you? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. Matter of fact, uh, I actually uh, had a run in with uh, who was the guy that used to run the Sounds Click? Who's that? Who's the guy who used to run the Sounds Click? The Memphis Sounds oh, Click? Oh, I've met him, but I don't know his name. Ryan Hopgood. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So I was in part of that group and like I had made some comment as a joke. Mm-hmm. They were saying something about don't be posting any spicy chicken sandwiches from McDonald's. I was like, I'm going to post five of them bitches. So I was, just, <laughs> I was joking around. Yeah. And the next thing I know, this dude like kicked me out of the click and some more shit. And then like, I was like, why'd you kick me out of the click? I was like, it was a joke. He's like, you've also been ever trolled before. And like, he, he like blocked me and some more shit. So I went, I went on a little rant and I was like, yeah. Like, this man has never seen me in person. I know it. Well, it's, <laughs> yeah. so it's like I just want to. I just want to go see this man in person and see if he'll say that shit again in my face. But anyways. no, he won't. I promise you, he's not going to. If he ever meets you, <laughs> love you, Ryan. Should start your own sandwich. Click. 
Red sandwich click. I there you go. I my own sandwiches. Man, I remember one time, way back in the day, I worked at IHOP, man. I was high as fuck. It was my break time. I took a country fried steak and put a fucking, I uh, made a sandwich. It was mayo, lettuce, tomato, and country fried steak, cheese, and two over medium eggs, and bacon. That's that was indulgent. A, that, that was a. That was I mean, a was it like was it like oh, what? Yes. A, like a foot uh, high? You, 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 you smash <laughs> Dagwood over here, man. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like you have to make sure not to bust the, the yolks before you bite into it. That's the whole thing. You want to bite into it and have the yolks run run out. Yeah, yeah. It's delicious. It's delicious. I'm gonna tell you that right now. So what else? What are some of your other passions outside of the movie making and sandwiches? Movie <laughs> 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 making sandwiches. So. Uh, like I said, I, I, I'm super huge into the whole scare acting thing. Um, if I can, <clears throat> if I can make money off of doing that, like serious money off of doing it, I would do it. Um, here, like I, I was going to, like we were going to the Sauce Castle, so I didn't tell you about all about the Sauce Castle stuff they do though. See here, uh, they have these drunken Olympics, and uh, they was it one time. So I, they actually have a playground on the on the on the grounds, right? And no children really ever play on it, if if any. Um, and they get people one of those carousels you sit in and spins. They would sit them in there, and they would give each one of them a bottle of fucking tequila. Oh God! And they so you have like four or five people on each team, and you would spin it, and your object was who's going to get the bottle of tequila now first, while this motherfucker spinning around, and. uh they, they, they were allowed to like say next and stop the thing and let somebody else get on and start joking. So that way, not one person was drinking it. But anyways, let's just say I did not participate in this. <laughs> <laughs> I did not participate in this. Uh, but uh, yeah, I want to say somebody went to the hospital that day. I would imagine. <laughs> so, so, but Dude, that yeah. just sounds miserable. The, the sausage castle is kind of like Disneyland. They won't let you die on the site. They'll, they'll take you off. The, they'll, they'll take you <laughs> off. The, go somewhere else and die. Yeah, yeah, they'll take you off the grounds first. So you're not allowed to die here. But yeah, no, they, they do the sentence and scavenger hunt. Now that's fucking crazy. They put all sorts of crazy shit. Like Mike Busey will tell you, it's like they put shit on there sometimes. They don't expect people to do. Yeah, but people fucking do it. Wow. So like, see here, let me like minuscule things like oh, drink an entire cup of relish or. You know, whatever. But then there's also like, hey, shove a hot dog up your butt and and, and uh, have somebody eat the hot dog afterwards and oh. and uh, roll around the ground naked covered in barbecue sauce and shove a hundred dollar bill up a girl's ass. And uh, the, the most outrageous one that I saw, I do mean saw, was somebody to suck a dirty tampon dry. Oh, oh. That, that entire house erupted. Erupted, like that was. Uh, That's a visual. <laughs> it's absolutely a visual. Did somebody do it? Yes, yes. I don't think that dude was right in the head, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, but no. At the same time, man, like Sausage Castle, like I like it so much because like people are like it's like a second family, really. Because like the people are like I had uh, one, two, three, four different people from the Sausage Castle come to my wedding. And I, then I had people that actually lived in the city that didn't show up to my wedding. Mm. People that lived literally 20 minutes away didn't show up to my wedding, but people that live in Florida and Illinois and things like that, they showed up. So they harvest 
RSVP your wedding, but they didn't come. Yeah. So you had to pay for their food and they just yeah. didn't show up. Oh, bro, I've still got fucking frozen. I've still got frozen uh, barbecue in my refrigerator right now. Commissary yeah. barbecue. It's good. That was actually really good, too. The commissary barbecue was delicious. I was like, I, they say that you don't, won't remember the color of your cake or whatever. I remember all that shit. So circling back to your, your chemotherapy, yep. what um, side effects have you had from <clears throat> chemotherapy? Because I didn't know this was a thing until I recently talked to this girl I hung out with who had cancer as a child. And then we had David um, Diaz, which he said he had some side effects from his chemo as a kid. So, of course, I had the uh, the original hair loss and all that good stuff. I had my beard at the time. And my my I would do like this and come back. And I had like fucking 12 hairs in my hand. So I, just, I wasn't about to do that patchy shit. So I just shaved it all off. Um, my... Uh, my uh, stamina was nothing. Like I would legit get up, go to the bathroom, come back and lay back in, the, in my bed and I'd be panting because I'd be out of breath. Um, and at the same time, like the only real, like, real side effect, that permanent side effect that I've had is now I have, um, I'm pretty sure it's connected because it, it, ha- it happened after the chemo. Um, I have what's called a, uh, venous uh reflux venous reflux it's where my blood doesn't pump right back coming up my legs mm. and sometimes it'll just stay down there's and okay, so your arteries are what puts blood out to your body your veins are what brings the blood back into your heart and your veins are supposed to have in your, especially in your legs your veins are supposed to have a special valve that keeps the blood from flowing back into your foot and keeps it going up yeah the, my, my valves aren't acting right i've actually got to get a treatment done here soon I finally just now found out what that was because like I would tell my doctor and he was like, Oh, go podiatrist. Podiatrist was like, Oh, it's just from your chemo. Like instead of actually telling me what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So I finally got to see a, a venal doctor that did ultrasound on my veins and yeah, that's exactly what's going on. So what would you have to do to treat it? Like in the meantime, like massage the leg or I supposed to wear like wear compression socks. Uh, yeah. Massage the leg is good too. Cause like sometimes my, uh, my ankles and my feet will swell up and it'll actually pit. And if you don't know what that is, like if you press on the skin and it leaves a divot in your skin, yeah. you know, that's, that's what it is. Oh shit. Yeah. And like I said, this, this started after the uh, chemo and everything before the chemo. This was not a problem at all. Yeah. Not a problem. And how often do you have to go get checked? I go see, <clears throat> excuse me. I, I go see my doctor every about six months, but he tells me all the time I'm, I'm healthy. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm super happy about that because, but at the same time, I always worry because the way I found out I had it again was this preemptive test they always give me, mm-hmm. and uh, basically what it is is it's a test that's before the real test because like you'll start seeing these little changes in, in in certain numbers and that shows that the cancer might be coming back. And that's how I found out the second time around that my cancer was coming back because I did the preemptive test. And I remember the second time I was told, I was like, oh, here we go again. So I don't, my, my main worry was like, I don't want to fucking stay in the hospital anymore. Yeah. It's like, can we not do this from home? Were you, when, when, so when COVID popped off, were you really nervous about it? I was nervous about it because it, it was, uh, it's a, of course, it's worse on people who don't have uh, better immune yeah. systems. But I will say this: the tra- stem cell transplant gave me uh, her immune system. So, like, I do. I, I'm not without immune system anymore. Oh, now. Okay. Now, I, I, I would not to say that I can't get sick real easily, but it's not like it was after chemo or after stem cell transplant, where like 
anything can get me sick. Matter of fact, I got uh, at one point I got sick when I didn't have immune system off the bacteria in my own body that's used to break down stuff in your colon. Mm-hmm. I got sick off my own bacteria out of my own body. Like I made myself sick. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Damn. Yeah. Man. So, <clears throat> but um, <laughs> it's always funny now that these days. Anytime I have to go to the doctor, especially as a doctor that doesn't really know me. I'll start spouting off medical jargon that nobody spouts off to them. And they're like, how do you know so much? I'm like, I tell them I'm a professional patient. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I've, I've been through CT scans. I've been through MRIs. I've been through ultrasounds. I've been through uh, bone marrow biopsies. Now those are fun. You know what a bone marrow biopsy is? Mm-mm. Well, first they start off by injecting some uh, numbing agent into right about where your pelvis is and your back. Mm-hmm. And then they proceed to take a hand drill and drill to the center of your pelvis oh. and then once they're in the silver of your pelvis they take this huge ass needle and they shove it in the center of your pelvis and extract bone marrow fuck yeah does the numbing thing actually are you still, are you feeling pain from this or is it yeah. like really good numbing pain no i'm mean, cream no, so, so, so like they do it local but at the same time they gave me they used to give me dilated so what they would give me and the funny story about that um so they would always do this little little test to see if i'm, I'm numb enough and they're like do you feel that i'm like yeah then 10 minutes later, do you feel that? Yeah. They're like, I was giving you more delight and they gave me more delight. And then, then I was still feeling it. Eventually they got to a point where I didn't feel anything. And then the lady that was like, she was like, I'm a 20 year nurse and I've never seen that much delight go into one person's body ever. Dang. Uh, but also at the same time, you, you always hear the myth about redheads uh, are more tolerant to uh, anesthetics and stuff like that. As 100% a real thing. I've had doctors tell me that redheads take more anesthesia than normal people do. Why is that? I, uh, they didn't tell me why it was, but it's a definite fact that redheads are more tolerant to anesthesia. Mm. At the same time, I'm also six foot nine. At the time, I was like 385 pounds because of steroids I was on. Yeah, that, 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 was, that was me at my heaviest was 385. And it was all because of steroids. Oh, I hate steroids. They, they used to make me eat and they used to make me not sleep. I hate it. What advice would you have for somebody that's going through? Don't st- don't stop fighting. Do not give up. Do not give up. It's 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 going to suck. It's going is you're gonna, you're going to go through some things that they're going to break you down and and make you feel like why you're even trying. Don't 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 listen to that voice. Just keep fighting. I promise you. And then at the same time, <laughs> I, I give that advice. But I had a buddy of mine that died not too long ago, cancer. After giving that advice, so. It is what it is. Cancer sucks. Yes, it does. I lived with somebody that had cancer. And to watch them whittle down to nothing and then eventually pass away is just, it's a wild thing. Because like I said, you always hear about people that have cancer. But when it's in your face, and obviously you know from right. firsthand experience by living with it, mm-hmm. it just makes you realize how terrible of a disease it is, man. It is it's truly terrible, isn't it? especially when children get it. Because I don't know if you've ever really been to St. Jude and looked at the faces over there, man. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I, I, whenever I used to take uh, my ex's son over there for, for appointments, I, so many kids, man, it's, if you, if you ever want to be humble, go set foot inside of St. Jude. Yeah. It's, it has no face. Like it, it does, it doesn't discriminate. I mean, that's what no, I mean it does that. not. Yeah. No, it does not discriminate. As a matter of fact, I saw all cultures in there. I saw white. I saw black. I saw Muslim. Hell, I saw some Amish families inside there. Yeah, like like, like wearing the hats and the and the bonnets and all that good stuff. 
um, uh, sees some Asian people in there don't even speak English. They came from overseas just to come and get their kids pay, uh, taken care of. Matter of fact, I want to say Steven Seagal, at one point, his kid had cancer. Yeah, and, he, and, he, and, he, and he moved. Matter of fact, he uh, used to live in my aunt's neighborhood. She said she saw him jogging one day. I heard he has a gun or had a gun range in his house. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Did, did he live that. in the, oh, sorry, not love, but did he live on the island? No. When he, he lived, was here or something? He was out in Eads. Oh, in Eads. Okay. Yeah, he was out in Eads. <clears throat> so. Do you want to do anything with cancer? people like as far as like patients to help them get through it the way you did i i, I actually got asked <coughs> excuse me i actually got asked uh about a year a year or two ago uh, there was somebody who was going through stem cells transplant the same transplant i went through and they asked me you know if i would be willing to give them advice and talk to them i said yeah but i never heard anything after that mm. now at the same time i'm I, anybody who wants to talk about it i'm willing to talk about it and uh, like I said, the only really advice I have for anybody going through the cancer stuff is just don't stop. Yeah, it sucks. The treatments, the treatments suck. They're not fun. Not having energy isn't fun. Barely being able to go to the bathroom by yourself isn't fun. Just don't stop. Keep going. There's light at the end of the tunnel. I promise you. Now, have you ever thought about doing like talks for it, or yeah. like even like just dedicating your social media to talking to people that? may not be aware of it or they're going through it. I mean, I, I, I would do something like that, but at the same time, I don't know everything about it though. Like, but I, I'm saying, you know, your experience though. Yeah, I definitely do. And uh, you can tell your story because like I said, a lot of people are just ignorant to what you went through or what somebody that's going through it or somebody that is going through it. They may want to do some research and they come across your video and you can tell your story. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I would definitely be down to do something like that because it's, it's definitely like when you first find out the first time around when I found out that was, it was a scary, scary thing. Cause I didn't know what to expect. And, uh, it was definitely a lot of, a lot of crazy. I remember one time I, uh, my, one of my low times when I didn't have an immune system, um, I had my sister on the way to come visit me when she showed up in the room, I was getting really, really cold. Like you were getting sick and all of a sudden get the chills. Mm-hmm. These chills were like I was butt naked in a snowstorm. I could not stop shaking. I, and then uh, they kept on bringing me heated blankets because they keep these blankets in these little ovens or whatever. They brought me four heated blankets to it on top of me. And I was still shivering. They took my temperature. I had 105.9 fever. Jesus, man. Like, I, I, like I, I'm pretty sure that I almost died that day. But uh, matter of fact, they had like four or five different doctors surrounding me, all talking about whatever. They were going to give me Tylenol, but they couldn't give me too much because it's bad for your liver and stuff like that. But, yeah, I just remember uh, shivering and shaking like a leaf, and I didn't know what was going on. And then I, feel like I think I eventually just passed out and then woke up and got cold again. And, yeah, eventually it went away. But I I, I remember <clears throat> one of my main doctors, uh, her name is Dr. Hare. She uh, she said she was driving, and all of a sudden got the phone call about what was going on with me. Said she had to stop doing a U-turn speed over here. She's like, you're not allowed to die on me. I was like, I agree. <laughs> so that I agree. Wild, man. yeah. Like, no. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. What was it? So, like, my original diagnosis, uh, they told me if I had not come to the to the emergency room and gotten any treatment, I could have died within two weeks to a month. Fuck. And that's that's how close I was to death. I kind of, I kind of rubbed it, not kind of a little bit more, and kind of. Kind of rubbed in my ex's face whenever they're like, "Oh, you have cancer." I was like, "Oh yeah, I don't need to go to the emergency room, do I?" 
Do you think that's a problem with maybe a lot of men, I would say, that we don't go get checked up enough? You should always go get checked. Well, not that's always, but like at least every six months, man, go get checked out. Go get some blood work done, you know, because you'll be surprised. Like if you find out whether it's, you know, cancer or maybe you're uh, anemic and don't have enough iron in your body or or, or even if, if your liver is starting to freak out, you'll be able to see that in the blood work. Yeah. Maybe you can find if you're like pre-diabetic or something too. That too, that too. But people always ask me, uh, like, like, uh, like, what all do they test for? It's like everything. Like, if you get blood work done, you like you'll know if you have AIDS or not, or because they, they automatically test for that kind of stuff. Yeah, because they need to know so that it, like they can start handling it differently from the rest of the stuff. Not that they don't already handle it. I think it's like people like think of their health as. If you don't know, it's it's okay. My, my father-in-law is like that. And he uh, we swear up and down he's got COPD. He calls his ass off all the time. And we keep him telling him, like, let's go to the doctor. He's like, I don't need to go to the doctor. This guy's got allergies. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, I guess it becomes, well, obviously it becomes really good diagnosis. Yeah. So up until that point, you can just kind of be like, oh, it's just like a cough. Right. When's the last time you got a, like a physical, Tony? Like, I don't think, I can't tell you. Like, I mean, they drew blood from me. Um, when I went to get my te- testosterone levels checked, you know, like, and they ran like all the whatever tests, got, but like, I can't even know, like, outside of that. Scars over, over my, my veins of how many needles I've had shoved in my arm. Fuck. Damn, man. So, you remember, like, when, no, it's been a minute, but I had yeah. actually reached out to my dad, um, cause my dad got cancer like two years ago or something like that. He had, um, prostate cancer. <laughs> and, I reached out to him about his doctor. So I'm supposed to go see his doctor to get a physical. Because I'm getting up in that age where you got to get a colonoscopy, too. Because I'm yeah, 42 or 43 now. I'm sorry. Yeah, once you hit 40, it's time to get prostate exams and colonoscopies and things like that. Did they check your PSA levels when you got your testosterone drawn to, or your blood drawn for your testosterone? I don't know. Because uh, they did mine. That's how they uh, they were like, okay, you're they, we do that to make sure your prostate's okay. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. But yeah, the all those medical things, man, they're they're they're, they're crazy. Um, like I said, my my least favorite one was the uh, was the drill to the spine. That was especially the first time. The first time they did a hand drill like this right here, mm. uh, and then like the next time after that was actually a power drill, not like like a full size power drill, but like you know, Jesus. Oh, uh, you know, talk about the anesthesia part. So also when I first got, so I finally got diagnosed. So I, I, I first originally went to regional one for the emergency room and then the whole cancer thing popped up and they transported me over here to Methodist and Methodist, as you know, is a, is a, uh, teaching uh, college too. So they're, they're teaching, uh, second, third year med students as well. So this young lady, I had to get what's called a groin catheter. And it sounds just like they take a scalpel and cut between your testicles and your leg right there in that seam to, to uh, put a wire up it to be able to uh, give you blood, give and take blood. Basically, it'll go up the artery and be right here next to my heart. So that way they can 
pump it out easily and give me medicine easily and all that good stuff. Anyways, this young lady did not give me enough anesthetic and started cutting into my leg. Oh, my God. And I was like, oh, my God, that hurts. She was like, oh, no, you're probably just feeling pressure. I was like, no, no, it hurts. And my ex at the time was like right next to me. She looked at me and looked at her and was like, he's about to pass out. And then this doctor dude who was in the room looked at me. He was like, stop what you're doing. Stop what you're doing. Stop what you're doing. And like, he, he whatever. He dosed me with Ativan, morphine, and Dilaudid. Then he asked me, was like, hey, can you feel that? I was like, no. No, sir. I'm no, good to go. I don't feel nothing. <laughs> Like, can I get one of those to take with me? Sure. Yeah, no shit. Hey, I, need, I need some samples, please. Oh, I, I can definitely see how people can get addicted to intravenous drugs. Because 100%, if you get morphine directly into a vein, there's a warm, fuzzy feeling. And yeah, no. But at the same time, you do enough morphine, you won't poop for a week. Really? Dead ass. Dead ass. And I'm not, I did not poop for seven days straight. When I finally did, oh my God, it hurt so bad. I don't know if you've ever tried to pass a Titanic or something size that right there, but it's no fun. Wow. When I was a little kid, <laughs> no, when I was a little kid, like I used to have like a shitting problem or something. I don't, I don't yeah. know what, how, what, how to describe it besides that. A shitting problem. And this lady, this nurse or doctor, she came to the house and I'm sure it was just like somebody my parents knew. Mm-hmm. She stuck this thing in my butt. To put like it was water or something, you know, and like this water, she shot this water and then. Sounds like you're a constipated nurse. You're not yeah, things so, loose. yeah. And then like, I swear to God, the piece of shit that came out of my ass was like literally the size of a basketball. Jesus Christ. And I had to shit on the newspaper I, because I, I couldn't use. I feel use, sorry for your butthole. Yeah. And like, I was like, what the fuck? And then I was good to go again. <laughs> and I started crying and, you know. Right. Yeah. It was too much. What's actually crazy is uh, this probably is going to be too much. Uh, whenever that happened, it caused a tear, and then that tear got infected. So it got to the point where if I ever uh, coughed or laughed or whatever, it shot blood out my ass. Fuck. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Man. Yeah. No, that, like well, when it comes to like cancer treatments, it's not just the cancer treatment itself, it's all the side effects and everything. Like, like the pain medication like blocked me up, and that happened. And then since I didn't have an immune system, it got infected, blah, blah, blah. And like, yeah, it was, it was all sorts of stuff. But uh, I definitely came out better for it. I would, like I said, I wish I could have learned these life lessons a little easier rather than having cancer and going through that. But same. Then <clears throat> that's like one of your podcasts you're at. Ask it only goes the one I was listening to on the way here, where you asked if you could take a time machine back and, and do things differently or fix things differently. The more I think about it, the more I say no because. I don't know if I'd be right where I'd be if I did that or where I would actually be, you know, because I like where I'm at right now. I like, I love my life. I love my wife. I love my life. I love, you know, everything about my, you know, like my job. I like, I like doing my job because it's, 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 it's what I know. It's, it's really easy to do security when you're six foot nine and know how to look pissed off the entire time. Yeah. People tend to ask you less questions that way. Yeah. And then, uh, then the, the working for shows, it's, it's pretty cool. Except for I got hit in the head with a hammer uh, a couple of days ago. I saw your post, what? man. I was like, Jesus Christ, man, this guy. So what happened was uh, I was we were taking down these bleachers that were built like scaffolding, right? And they handed me a pole, and I'm walking off to go put it in its proper place. Well, then all of a sudden I feel, pow. I put my hand up like this, and then I see the hammer hit the ground. like Oh, somebody, it fell, and somebody didn't try to hit you with it, though, right? 
Damn. Damn. Yeah. So, no, no, it was a complete accident. Oh. No, no, nobody just hauled off and hit me in the head with a hammer. <laughs> but, no, what happened was the young lady decided it was a good idea to set down uh, the hammer on the on the, on the the scaffolding bar mm. while she was handing stuff down. And, of course, it fell and smacked me in the head. And the, the hammer was a good 15 feet up in the air. Damn. Of course, I'm, I'm almost seven feet tall, so that's only like what <laughs> seven more feet. So, but yeah, sure enough, and I was like, of course, instantly bleeding. Like I was bleeding so much, like when I put, pulled the towel away from my head, I could smell the iron in my blood. Really? Yeah. There was an ER nurse who was working with us, and she was like, "You need to go to the hospital and get stitches." I was like, "Uh." Oh. I was like, "Is it that bad?" Like, am I not going to stop bleeding? She's like, "Oh, you'll stop bleeding, but you're probably have a pretty, pretty good scar." I was like, eh. "I got a few of those. What's, what's, what's one more?" Oh, God. So what are your goals, man? My goals are to live a happy life and do things that people will remember when I leave. Like Like your film? I want to do a film. And at the same time, I don't want to be that dude that, you know, passes away and like, oh, he died? Oh, damn. And then that's it. You know, I want people to have, like, good memories of me. I remember when J.J. died, man. that, that, That hit me. Because J.J. was the first person I ever worked with downtown. Mm. Uh, he uh, had rehab disco over there. And me and some buddies of mine were downtowning. And we found this door <laughs> that went to the basement, remember? And uh, I remember my buddy J.J. was right behind me. He's like, Rad, this better not be a fucking gay bar. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then J.J. yells out from the other side of the bar. It's like, we're not a gay bar, I swear. Come on in. <laughs> But, but yeah, and then that day I had a job with JJ at rehab, and then he got me a job at 152, and then it circled back around, and I went over to 12 bar, and then that's why I got cancer. Yeah, memories are only thing that we really have of people once they're gone, so you should have, want yeah. to have good memories of yourself right. left behind. Yeah, I, <clears throat> my personality is, you know, I'm, I am a bit of an asshole just because, you know, stupid people get on my nerves, but at the same time, I try to pe- treat people nicely. Because you never know what they're going through. Mm. You never know. Uh, there's there's a lot of people out there that, like, you know, people ignore them or treat them meanly, and then they turn around and kill themselves. And I, I for one, don't want to be that person that, you know, puts, puts somebody over the edge for that, you know? Yeah. There's a, Do you kind of sympathize or empathize with people that were picked on since you were picked on? 100%. Yeah. I hate bullies. I fucking hate bullies. If, if you were much stronger and, and more able than somebody and you're just picking on them and shoving them around. As a matter of fact, I remember a specific, a specific day at 152. Okay. Remember back in the day when they had the second floor open, they had somebody stand there to watch the elevator, right? Mm-hmm. I was watching the elevator and this young lady and this uh, gay gentleman walk up and they come up to the door, elevator door and they had the wristbands and they press the elevator button to go up. And these two straight men walk up and like, uh, was that he started hitting one of the guys started hitting on the girl, and I guess he kind of like nudged dude out of the way, the gay dude out of the way at the same time. And the gay dude's like, Excuse me, he turned around and said, What the fuck did you say to me? And I instantly stabbed, I was like, What the fuck did you just say to him? I was like, You want to talk to him like that? I want you to apologize right now. Yeah. Why the fuck? And he's like, he like, like the, the gay dude's probably like five foot six, and this dude was like six foot tall, but then here I am, six foot nine. Like, like you don't talk to people like that. I took his wristband off. I sent him out the fucking door. He's like, but, but, but. I was like, yeah, whoever lets you in, tell them to come see me, and I'll tell them exactly why. Wow. Yeah. 
I, I also have a huge empathy for, uh, well, not empathy, but I am I'm an ally to the LGBTQ community because my little sister, uh, uh, she was, uh, well, she got married to her ex-husband. She's, I guess, bi. But she was, I walked her down the aisle when she got married to her ex-trans husband. And that didn't work out too well. And at the same time, uh, I'm currently taking care of, uh, uh, oh, me and my wife are currently taking care of her nephew. And uh, he's 16 years old, and he has come out as trans or gay as well. And I keep telling him, it's like, you can't be trans until you actually have some things done and start living as a woman. He thinks he can just, like, oh, I'm trans now. And I was, I was like, that's, that's not how it works. Yeah. And he tried to say I was transphobic after that. I was like, no, I'm not <laughs> transphobic. I was like, I just know how this shit works. <laughs> Kids these days on the internet, I think they know everything. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's uh, like I said, I think, like you said, kindness is one of the things that a lot of people lack. Yeah, I, I either try to be nice or I just don't say anything at all. Yeah. But if, if, if that, so that whole saying is like, you can't say nice, nice don't say nothing at all. Yeah. I, I stay on that side a lot of times. People think, now, a lot of times when I work a security job, they'll be like, smile, talk. Why don't you say nothing? Because I don't want to say nothing. I'm here to make money and go home. I hate when people do that. It's like, just because you, are you uncomfortable that I'm not talking? Right. Like, go fuck yourself, man. Everyone, everyone will always asking me, why, why is Tony not saying anything? I was like, because he's just, I, I, mean, I was like, I was like, he's just chilling, y'all. He's having fun. He's chilling. I mean, he doesn't look like he's having fun. Well, well, he wouldn't be if he wasn't having fun. Okay. <laughs> I promise. Like, just, just leave it alone. Like, like, when does he, he not like me? And I always get that <laughs> after that. I'm like, dude, like if he didn't like you, he would never talk to you. I promise. Right. Uh, those were the days back in the 152 days, though. Yeah, for sure. Man. What well, you got going on the rest of the day? I, 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 I think I'm just going over, me and my wife are going to go over a uh, friend's brother's house. Uh, I've got uh, his money for the haunt. He uh, does uh, he does uh, makeup. He did makeup for the haunt, and uh, we all got paid yesterday, and I got his check. So yeah, I could take that to him, probably hang out and smoke some weed. Nice. Would you ever do that haunted house that they have where you get like $20,000 if you can stay? So I hear about this place all the time, but I have somebody who's inside the industry that says it doesn't exist. Now, McKinley Manor, that exists, but that's not a haunted house. It's torture for fucking as many hours as they want to. Yeah. Have, you, have, you, have you looked into McKinley Manor at I all? I saw a little bit of the YouTube video. No, I lost interest. Th- these people will hold on to you for fucking four to six hours, and comp- you sign a waiver that says they can do whatever they want to do to you. And they're, they're filming you while they're doing it. Oh yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And they'll give you a safe word. And guess what? If you say the safe word, they tell you too fucking bad. What? Damn. Yeah. That's fucked. Yeah, I'm so, not going there. Now, now, now been, I've seen videos of people actually having mental breakdowns like like start shaking and, and like staring off into space and getting catatonic and then yeah they pull them out but like, like there'll be girls be like i don't want to be anymore let me go and they're like nope you're here with us damn those even reports was that uh this girl that was working that in, in, inside mckinley manor uh her teacher apparently came through the haunted house and she went out back and purposely picked up dog shit out of the yard and started fucking feeding dog shit to her teacher what yeah, no, they, they, they stick like rotten eggs and shit in your mouth. Mm. No, and, and so the answer is no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of trauma, man. No, like so there's a I forget the name of the documentary. I want to say it was on Netflix. 
talks about haunted houses mm-hmm. and like all aspects like whether it's a like a home haunt or a full-on haunt like what i work for isn't a home haunt it's a actual professional haunted house they uh they're set up inside of an old meat packing plant so that's you already know somebody's been through there <laughs> just saying like, like, like the old meat packing plant from back in the day shit yeah, that's. I saw a, they had mentioned it on here one time. I had never heard of it. And then I looked it up on YouTube, and I was like, the video, like the guys, like talking about. It. Then he talks about there is a Netflix. I guess somebody goes to different haunted houses around the country. Yeah, and uh, I never looked any too more into it, but it did sound like it does sound kind of fucked up that they'll just keep torturing you after mm-hmm. you say you're done. Yeah, no, the, absolutely. Uh, like, like there was actual footage of the guy who's running it, holding the camcorder, talking about, are you done? You ready to quit? Okay. Well, too fucking bad. Then, yeah, they can't keep fucking with him. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I'm not going there. Um, at the same time, that person, uh, I feel like they got in trouble several times for even having that haunt in their house because, uh, in the backyard because it's against code. Mm. And at the same time, the neighbors complain about screaming all the time. Would you but, ever make your own haunted house? Absolutely. Absolutely. Me and actually uh, Kelly Potter uh, talked about maybe doing haunted houses on on Bill Street. But, man, I don't know if the clientele is right. Because mm. you know, this day, these days on Bill Street, I mean, people are a little, a little bit more violent. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's something else you need to realize about a haunted house. There's the fight or flight response for people when they get scared. And at the same time, there's the people that come in there just to be like tough and like, I'm going to punch somebody in the face. Is that and the other? I've gotten full on fights with fucking customers before just because they thought like I wasn't about it. Mm. So it's like, like, and that's something I don't get. I'm the scariest person here and I'm six foot nine, 300 some odd pounds. You weigh, look like you weigh a total of a buck 50 <laughs> and you want to fuck with me? Yeah. Like I, and that's and that's another reason why I got kind of uh, like the bouncing situation. Like I do still do do like the unarmed security, but when it comes to, like the bouncing and working at uh, clubs and stuff like that, like it's just I don't want to get any more fights, dude. I'm done fighting. It's like I I, I, I used to get in a fight almost every weekend back at 152, and I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Speaking of fights, you know my Alexander Graham's and my anniversary is two days from now. Oh, is it really seven days or seven years? How did that even come about? So Alexander Graham was a uh, security upstairs with me and I was the security supervisor. I was basically just making sure everybody's where they're supposed to be and whatever. I was in no way like paid more than they were, mm-hmm. but it was understood that, you know, I was making sure that people were in their spot. Homie was supposed to be uh, stationed next to the women's bathroom to make sure guys don't wander in there. And he was never in his fucking spot. So I would always find him out in the smoking deck, hanging out with girls and whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was, I kept on asking, I was like, hey, man, go back to your spot, go back to your spot. And he would always talk back, whatever, whatever. I'm like, dude, all I'm asking you is do your fucking job. And this, that, and the other. So like, it, it got to a point where we were like arguing back and forth, like for real. And then Justin popped up. I was like, hey, man, if I get y'all a spot, V3 fights, we y'all get in the ring and fight? I was like, yeah, yeah. I'll do that. I didn't hesitate. I was like, I'll do that. Yeah, let's go. And then it became real. I was told a date, and then Nick Hermeyer came to uh, take pictures at 152 or whatever. And I trained for it. Now, <clears throat> I will say this. Technically, he won because I tapped out that second round. Well, But that was one because I gassed out. And uh, two, I will say this. My face was healed within a week. He still had two black eyes after two weeks was over. <laughs> I'm just saying. Are y'all the same height? No, we. Uh, he's six foot four. I'm oh, okay. six. I'm six nine. Uh, but we both weighed in at 
I think one of us was two ninety nine, the other was three hundred. So we were oh shit, we, we, super heavyweight. Yeah, right? yeah, we were super heavyweight. Yeah, but we we we, we rated in well, within a pound of each other. So that wasn't a thing. But um, how many rounds did it go? Uh, so we went to a minute fifteen of the second round is when it, when it stopped. Yeah, you think if you had more time to train, you think it would be a different. I think outcome? I should have worked on my hands a little bit more. I worked on, so I trained with Jason Aldridge, and so there's a lot of crown game going on. Yeah. But at the same time, he did ask me, you know, what do you want to work on today? And I, I should have said hands more. I'm, I'm more of a fucking choke you out type person rather than knock you out type person. How long's your reach? Pretty long. I, I don't. I remember getting measured. Yeah. But they say uh, your reach, uh, your wingspan's uh, as tall as you are. So I imagine. <laughs> well, that's at least three feet. <laughs> Wow, man. But yeah, and uh, people are always asking, you're going to fight him again? You're going to fight him again? No, I'm not going to fight him again. I, I, I have nothing to prove. Are y'all cool or no? Uh, we're cool. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he, he, he's one of the people who hit me up talking about, hey, why don't you invite me to your wedding? I was, <laughs> I was, I was like, okay, you're invited to my wedding. Did he show? No. Mm. I, feel, I feel like he just wanted to ask me just to ask me, see what I would say. Now, do you think that y'all have more respect for each other since y'all fought each other? Uh, I respect him a little more than I did before just because uh, he he stood his ground and went to battle. Yeah. I, I respect him in that manner. I still think he wasn't doing his job. Mm. But it's whatever. That's an experience. That's a story you have too, though. Oh, absolutely. Not everybody tell, has a story uh, that they fought in a cage. You know, I tell people, I was like, I tell people all the time, I was like, I was in a cage fight once, but yeah, I lost. Matter of fact, what was it when I made the post on Facebook about doing a podcast with y'all? Jason Aldridge was like, make sure you tell them about your MMA career. <laughs> I was like, Jason, I have no problem telling people that I'm zero and one. I have yeah. no fucking problem telling people that. But I, we, but do you remember this? We weren't the main event, but everybody was there for our fight. Yeah. Once our fight was over, with, most of the people left. Yeah. Uh, Why is Alexa talking to me? Raul just left. Oh. You didn't even tell you goodbye. <laughs> Bye, Rara. Fucking dickhead. Anyways, speaking of which, like, you see how crooked this fucking shirt is that he gave me? I say what now? See how crooked this shirt is? Look. Dude, he's a moron. <laughs> I don't know about moron, but uh, he's he could, definitely a moron. It could have been a little bit better. Like I'm not, I'm not one to bitch about free things. But, it should uh, be larger too. Honestly, it should not be larger because, um, like, the, the links no, are, I'm saying the logo. Oh yeah. No, but honestly, it's, this is way better than it needs to be. But at the same time, they don't calculate the wrists, the, the length of the what you call it, the sleeves. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing about being tall when you get like. To XLs and three XLs and all this stuff, they only get fatter. They don't get longer. <laughs> I have to have that three XLT. If you don't have a T in that, I'm not gonna be able to wear it. Yeah. First time I wash it, my belly's gonna pop out the bottom. Yeah, it's like my buddy Colin. He's like, I think Colin's like six five, and he said he needed a double XL. He said he could probably wear an XL, but he needed a double XL for the length. Uh, yeah. Like easily T is with that double XL. Yeah, yeah. T T is definitely a big factor on me when I when I buy things. It's very rare that I pull something off of uh, a hanger and it even fits me. Very, very rare. Damn, man. Well, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but I love asking these questions. We kind of talked, touched on it earlier, but what do you think happens when we die? So I'm a Christian. Um, I believe in, you know, heaven and all that good stuff. But at the same time, I, I, I'd like to believe if there is not a heaven, there's at least reincarnation. Mm. 
And at the same time, that reincarnation depends on what kind of person you were in life before. If you were in life before, letting you were you know kind to people and all that good stuff, maybe you get to come back as another human being with a good life or whatever. But if you're a complete asshole to everybody, you know you might come back as a fucking worm in the ground. Once again, we go back to kindness, man. Yeah, absolutely. Don't be an asshole. <laughs> I think a lot of people need to learn that lesson, man. Man, that's, that's the something because there there are certain situations that require you to be an asshole because you know sometimes people need you to pop off on them just to, for them to realize, hey, don't act like that. But then at the same time, being an asshole to somebody for no fucking reason, there's there's just it's uncalled for. Yeah, there goes that there goes the whole thing where they say like you never know what somebody's going through. But mm-hmm. on the flip side, they don't know what somebody's going through. Right. So just because you're having a shitty day or have a shitty life doesn't mean you got to inflict on other people. And at the same time, like living this living in the city of Memphis that we do, how do you know that person's not having a bad day and has a gun on them? True story, man. Like you come up to him, like uh, say like, oh, you cut me off, and, and, and then you're at stop like, how do you know you're not gonna come up to that window, start cussing, get shot in the face? Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's sad that like kind of the way the world is going, but hopefully we get a re you know reset and people will start seeing that life is important, right? You know, because like it seems like a lot of people take it for granted. People definitely take life for granted, um, and same time, some people live their life selfishly. Like they're, they're like there's there's like I said, I like to live for myself and like do do what makes me happy. But at the same time, I make sure the people around me are happy, too. I'm not just, you know, living my own life and, you know, fuck you, you know. It's not like I'm going to sit there and you know cook myself a steak for dinner. But, like, hey, there's some sandwich meat in there. If y'all want to make you some sandwiches. Yeah. You know. So who would you like to give appreciation to or flowers to in your life? My mom, 100%, definitely. Because whenever, whenever I was going through cancer, my mom came and sat with me all the time. And... Same time, she raised me and my sisters pretty much by herself. My mom was married three different times and had three different children. Um, she was married to uh, my older sister, Jenny's dad, and they got divorced. I'm not sure 100% why they did. Uh, then she was married to my dad, and then she had me. Uh, they got divorced because of my dad's alcoholism, and he didn't, couldn't control it. And then there was the third where uh, that's where my little sister, Becky, came from, and uh, her dad was extremely bipolar and had a drug problem. So he, he, he got divorced from by the time she was good, six years old or whatever. But like what I'm trying to get is my mom has gone through all that and took care of us and worked multiple jobs and, and, and did everything she had to do to make sure that we had a roof over our head, make sure we were going to school and make sure we had clean clothes on our back. Mm. Now she couldn't afford the extra shit. Like I was one of those kids. I didn't have Nikes growing up. I went to pay less. I got, I, I was, I, the first pair of Nikes I got was when I was playing minor league baseball and they were my cleats and I would, I loved them shoes. I wanted to wear them everywhere, but the cleats can't wear, wear cleats everywhere. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, my mom is definitely somebody who I adore and she's, she's basically my hero because she has done literally everything she can for me ever since I was born. Uh, at the same time, my wife, Jackie, she's, she is my everything. Um, that woman right there, like I said, she came into part of my life where I was finally starting to live for me and doing exactly what was me. I wasn't trying to please everybody else. I was doing what, what made me happy. And then she came along to it. And it's like the sausage castle thing. She, she's been in the sausage castle with me. 
She, 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 she's gone and experienced all of that crazy shit that goes on there. She was sitting there. <laughs> she was sitting there whenever that uh, they were arguing over who's going to shove the hundred dollar bill up the girl's ass. Like she the, the, was it. Uh, I remember when we first got there, she was the first time she had been there. And uh, we were walking around the grounds. All of a sudden we were cheering going off in the distance. I told her, I was like, we have to follow the cheering. She's like, why? She was like, just, just don't, don't question. It's just like, <laughs> you hear people cheering on the other side of the grounds, go there. Yeah. When we get there, they were basically playing playing dick toss. They were, they were throwing up a suction cup dildo against the wall. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was it was a fun time, you know? Tossing dicks with the friends, you know? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a story too, man. Yeah. That's um, an experience. Man, I'm telling you, you should go at least once. <laughs> at least once. Now, like, uh, the priority is not you know, what they used to be. Like, they, they, <clears throat> they used to have like 200 people show up to their Halloween costume mm-hmm. parties. Like 200 people on the grounds. Now it's maybe like 80 or so. But I blame that on originally, this was before OnlyFans. Yeah. They had content creators that lived at the house. Oh, okay. And then OnlyFans kind of showed up and then content creators took the fuck off. And, yeah. But at the same time, Mike Busey still does some awesome shit. Like he did some shit with uh, Jackass here. Well, not Jackass, uh, Steve O here recently. Um, he had uh, James. Have you seen Tiger King 2? No, I have not. So, in the very beginning, James Garrity, the guy with the red hair, that, that was the snitch and the, ski, the, 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 the jet skis. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. The strip club owner or whatever. Yeah, he's at the Sausage Castle. Oh, really? Yeah, he really is. <laughs> and, I, and I actually got to meet him, too, because he was there during the Halloween uh, uh, weekend. And uh, I was wearing a, a shirt, this uh, shirt that Charlie Classic actually made. It was a picture of Joe Exotic with a tiger and blowing Carol Baskin's brains out. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> and, like, I, I saw James Garrity. I was like, man, I want to take a picture with him. But then, like, before I could say anything, he tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, can I take a picture with you in that shirt? I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. But I, I know he's the snitch and all, but like, shit, I was so obsessed with Tiger King. <laughs> was like, that was a good thing. I mean, that happened right around when everybody was at home, too. That's, and it was so awesome, that's timing, because like, once we were like, all right, you're locked down, it's like, cool, here's Tiger King. Yeah. I saw Andrew Tate's trying to get him out of prison, allegedly. A lot of people have been trying to get him out of prison. Like, he, he, he threatened that woman's life. Come on now. I mean, yeah. like, but at the same time, I've seen people who have actually killed people and got out in seven years. Do you think she killed her husband? Yeah. You think he's on the property somewhere, or one of the tigers? Ate him? I, I, she has a meat grinder, <laughs> she, and, she and she has a meat grinder and tigers. Yeah, and a, a bunch of fucking land. Do you know tigers will actually eat the bone? Oh wow! You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And all you gotta do is chop them up in bite-sized little fucking morsels and feed it to several different cats. And bye, bye, husband. Yeah. And at the same time, like every last person in, in, in his family is adamant, but like, no, he wouldn't do this. He 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 he'd have told somebody. Because didn't they say like she forged his or something with the will? Wasn't there something sketchy about the will? If I'm, I'm kind of remembering. Not hundred percent on that one, but I do remember they were talking about like how his keys or and like his, a life insurance policy. It was something with some paperwork. Yes, I want to say his like his wife or his life insurance changed like right before he disappeared or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, I do remember that. I need to watch the second one now. It's it's not. I mean, it's not as really as good as the, the first. This is season two, really, but it's not as good as the first one. But it definitely, like, it leans more into uh, what's his name, the guy with the white hair. Oh fuck! 
the the guy who owns the 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 compound with all the female assistants and oh yeah, yeah. No, it leans more into him. Apparently, they're like like he's got pedophilia shit on. Oh him. wow, really? Like he he's been brainwashing like fourteen year old girls and having them come work at the fucking whatever. No, that's not good. Yeah, no, like there are people stepping forward and saying like whenever he got me over there, I was underage. At the same time, like at one point he had some other girl that he was driving all over the country with that was underage and staying in hotels with. Yeah. Like I, I forget all the details. I might be missing something here and there, but 110% he was doing some shit with some, with some younger ladies. So that's fucked up. Did you watch the Dahmer thing? I watched the Dahmer thing. That was fucking disturbing. Like, it's like, I don't know, man, like it, it, that actor, he, 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 with American Horror Story and everything, everything he's ever done is, is awesome. Like, and he definitely, like, tapped into, like, the whole quiet creepy. Mm. He's, like, he, he's, you know, soft-spoken and, yeah, and, but then you see, like, weirdness behind his eyes. I just want to take some pictures. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like, uh, I heard, like, somebody made a post that he's probably got some deep shit going on because all these roles that he plays are really dark. The typecasting is a real thing. Yeah. Typecasting is a real, real thing. That's, that's, that's like, you know, hiring me to, to be in the lollipop guild. It, won't, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't work, you know. <laughs> yeah. I've often thought about actually dressing as a, a overgrown Oompa Loompa. Like a good costume that's like way too small for me. I would love to see that. Yeah. It'd be kind of like Will Ferrell's elf, but it's called Oompa. And my other two questions are, what's your advice for people and what mark do you see yourself leaving on the world? My advice to people is... To be kind to each other, be kind to yourself, and try to bring the drama down. Because drama drama doesn't solve anything. If you have if you have issues with somebody, if you can't squash it, move on. Uh, and honestly, the mark I would like to leave in the world that that that's a good question. You asking me questions, Tony? Um, gingers are people too. Mm. I have a friend of mine, and I don't know why, but he has a problem with redheaded people. And I'm like, why? <laughs> like, what is your problem? Like, did somebody beat you up as a child? Or do you get, like, there's some type of trauma that's attached to these redheaded people? But I don't get it. I don't look at a redheaded person like, oh, that's horrible. You know what I've noticed? In a lot of movies, the bully in a movie is a redhead. Like the O'Doul's. Yeah, the O'Doul's. On, on a Christmas story, the kid that was beating him up all the time, he was a ginger. Oh, man. See what I'm saying? Yeah, that's fucked, man. Yeah. Also, what is it? A little ginger racism. I, on every, uh, there's a, I found a bottle of uh, sunscreen on it, and there was a little, little ginger kid on the front of it. Like, come on, guys. Come on. Yeah. But, but yeah, uh, I don't. I don't get that, man. I don't get the hate and the jokes about people with red uh, hair. So, like, I've actually found out why they say uh, gingers are soulless. Mm -hmm. So apparently, Vikings were predominantly ginger. Okay. So whenever these pagans would show up to raid these Christian villages and they were ginger, they'd be like, "Oh, these soulless barbarians, whatever, whatever." They would call them, and that's where gingers got the soulless thing from. Damn, it's not from South Park. It's <laughs> oh, not I didn't from even South think Park. about South Park. <laughs> Fuck, man. Uh, I got so many friends like, you soulless fuck. So I've been telling them, like, just because I don't have a soul doesn't mean I don't have feelings. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. I'm glad that you uh, got to come earlier than fucking April. Was it April or March? Hey, it was or like what? March 25th. I was like, I don't think you're that backed up, are you? <laughs> I feel like Raul was just being a dick. 
No, he thinks he's running shit, but he's not. <laughs> yeah, I liked how you stepped in. You're like, I, I think I know a person that he's doing earlier. <laughs> so yeah, really. Well, I appreciate you doing it, man. Absolutely. It's, I like, like thank being you for here. sharing your story. 100%. Uh, like I said, uh, I appreciate being here. And uh, for everybody listening, just uh, try to be good to yourself. Be good to others. And uh, don't be an asshole because you never know when somebody's going to pop off on you. I think we should end it with that. Yep. Appreciate so, it, man. No problem. Thank you very much.